Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. <laughs> I'm your guest, Brock White, with my co-host, Cody Ransom. What's going on, everybody? Gosh, oh, you're laughing at me now. Gosh, dang, I hit the, the wrong, wrong button. button. I hit the wrong, wrong button. button Clean it up. Gosh, dang, one of these days, I'll hit the right button. Hey, how was dinner, fellas? Oh, man. We w- we got after it. We did. Good. Tony? Good. To go food Good in Houston. To Tony was like, I'm not hungry. And he, I think he started hammering down. Yeah. He ate all the leftovers. So... I'll introduce these two fellers for you. We got Atish Gandhi. Hello. Hi, this is Atish. Nice to meet you. He grew up here in Houston, went to college at the University of Houston. And what was your degree in? Hotel and restaurant management, oddly enough. Oddly enough, his parents own how many hotels? Uh, We have three. Three hotels. And... He it was in and out of the business, it sounds like, throughout his life. And then uh, now he works full-time at the hotel, Matt. Sort of. No, you're always kind of in the business when it's a family business. But when I went to college, uh, worked maybe a little bit less. And then after college, kind of worked at a large hotel downtown. Uh, and then you're like, uh, yeah, and got some, you know. Grabbed some intel, then switched yeah, over it, and said, see ya. <laughs> yeah, it, Sweet. Not but, uh, quite as fun as working for yourself. But how but many you know, rooms have you cleaned? That's what people. Oh, are. I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands. Actually, <laughs> I have no idea. Not not how that many, many rooms did you say you cleaned? Yeah, way more than I actually <laughs> did. But it, you just clean one, and you'll definitely appreciate uh, how hard the job is. That's for sure. Yeah. But I've I've cleaned more than one for sure, but not well, not many as as many as I probably start. should have. All right, now we need to introduce Tony He. Yo, my boy Tony. He is from. He actually was born in China. What part of China? Qingdao. It's uh, along the coast. Along, of China. and then he immigrated over at the age of two and a half. Correct. And what city did you land in? I landed in Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi. Yep. Corpus Christi Hooks, South and Texas. Yeah. Let me get this straight. There's an interesting. Been through there. He has an interesting story about his name. Are we allowed to talk about it? You chose your name. Oh, yeah. He got to choose his name. Not a lot of kids get to choose their name because if my name would have been a little weird if I got to choose my name. I'm proud of you for choosing a normal name. How d- was the process of choosing your name? I mean, I had a very Asian name, obviously, you know, before I what came was your, over. What was your Asian name? So my first name in Chinese is Yu. It's spelled Y-U. So my last name is He. So I have four you, letters to my name. Yu He. That's true. That's Dude, that would have been sweet. 
Oh. That was a tweet when you get older. And then every time you mispronounce yeah. it, you should just get, you racist sucker. I mean, I'm like, you, he is not that hard it's to like pronounce. It's like two pronouns. Come <laughs> I would, on. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't be so worried about racism at that point. I would just think they were maybe a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> so he grew up in Corpus Christi? Uh, spent up? a few years in Corpus Christi, then... Home we of Whataburger, I believe. Home of Whataburger. Oh, man. Damn. Oh, Whataburger. Oh, and then we moved to College Station, Texas. College Station, Texas. And he ended up going to college at the University of Texas. That is true. The Longhorns, very beloved college by many. Hooking horns. Um, they just fired their head coach. They did. And hopefully they find someone. Did they get a replacement? Uh, oddly enough, I'm probably the guy to talk to about <laughs> this because I went to the University of Houston, but I'm the huge, huge Texas fan. Yeah. Well, and my, my, my college team, you can just count on them losing. Who? ASU. Like, it's just like, yeah, I mean, just, but nobody goes there to play sports. You go to ASU yeah. to park whoa, for the co-eds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't assume. Don't assume. Number one, number one, like, one of the top five recruiting class in this country for baseball. So. Yeah, baseball. Oh, sorry, sorry. Baseball's hey, legit. Hey, hey, you're legit. I, I apologize. I, I, apologize. I apologize. It does count. It does count. I stand corrected. Football is king in Texas. Yeah. I always usually think football first. King in most states. I mean, tech, Texas Texas has one of the best baseball programs in the country, historically. Oh, yes, for sure. So, I'm, yeah. I'm not hating on baseball. I just was ignorant to the right. the, 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 quality yeah, the success of ASU, and I'd like to apologize to all the Sun Devils out there <laughs> you don't want to. who are going to write angry letters. Yeah. I, just, I just had to defend my wife's alma mater, so she didn't uh, get mad at me. Dude, yeah. I mean, I just always have I, thought I was, of it. I went to Grand Canyon, so I, that doesn't count. I went to... Uh, NAU, the Lumberjacks, and guess what? I don't really care about them. I don't care. Don't follow them. I don't care. I don't even call myself a Lumberjack. Damn. They took all my money. Like, why should I support them? Why aren't they wearing rolly white jerseys? That's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they are. You maybe can, yeah. I paid out of my own pocket. You know, they should be wearing rolly white jerseys. I mean, I think if you pay them even more, they'll consider it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet not. But... So, Tony and Atisha here, they have very interesting, different career paths, and um, they're my good friends, and I, we came to Houston to podcast, one, to hang out, but two, I'd love, I've been wanting, there, when we started the podcast, you guys were the number, like, four, you know, I had my group of people I wanted, and you were on the A-list of who I wanted on the podcast. Yeah, number four or five, I heard that. Well, it's like... <laughs> I had to, I had I'm always hey dude, I'm, I'm always happy 10. I'm always happy to just be top ten. You're top ten, like I had You're yeah, definitely but, top ten. But Brad. if Tony ever went like when Tony went home and said, Mom, I finished top ten in my class, he got in trouble for that. I'm like mean, you just like you better be top <laughs> two and your brother better be number one. Yeah, like I told my parents I didn't care <laughs> and stop judging me. I mean, the only list the teacher's been on is the no-fly list. Yeah. If you look at it. That's, that's true. <laughs> only, you no, were, on, you were on the no-fly list? My la- no. Were you at the Capitol? No. My Jeez. last name is Gandhi. Obviously, I'm not going to be... I'm, I'm considered... Everyone looks at my name, they just feel more peaceful about themselves. I feel peaceful right now. Exactly. I'm like the Zen. I, like, when I come to your house, I'm like, oh, man. I'm just so relaxed. I just could sleep right in this chair. I saw Tony sleeping earlier. Oh, Tony, oh, but yeah, that's, Tony has narcolepsy. The poom, what is it? The, the pump? Plume. 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 So the, comfortable. The plume. Yeah, he had the feet up and all. Damn, get your feet off my front. I feel like I'm narcoleptic half the time, too. <laughs> Fall asleep for no reason. 
So usually about one in the morning though. All of a sudden, I just can't do it anymore. I ha- fall out. I w- well, before we get to the funny stories, let's uh, get into the meat, the meat of the podcast, and that is the the business side of things. So, a t- a mm. you worked for what hotel do you work I, I i guess let's not use names but you worked for a larger hotel than what your parents own or a smaller uh no one the time after college that i worked at a hotel downtown that was yeah we didn't own that we don't own hotels that size but uh it was just to kind of get some experience of how things are done it's almost a Completely different world when you're a hotel of that size, a convention hotel, a thousand rooms. Yeah. It's it's an interesting experience to have, and I really honestly wasn't there for too, too long. It was about a year, but um, it was still a lot of – I mean, there were some positives there, and it's amazing to watch something that size work. But yeah. uh, for me, I, I felt like I walked away with more I, – I shouldn't say more of what not to do, but I definitely saw some things that I felt like, you know, were more corporate than – being the end, uh, you know, the best result for the the hotel itself. Yeah. And when did you, were you able to move over to your parents? Uh, I mean, right after that, that was, that's all, that option's always there. It's just one of those deals where uh, you want to learn something else to get perspective, I feel like. So, um, you know, once I left there, we had uh, started to look at some development uh, opportunities and um, that, kind of led us to a few different things so we uh developed a few new hotels um and we've still got a few of them uh right now and and so that side of it is a little different than the operational side that i started in so yeah there's a lot of a lot of different avenues to go down if you want to no industry i was talking talking with you earlier and you really brought a lot of things to the table for your parents. Like you felt like you could help them take them to the next level. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, uh, I never think of it that way. It's, it's kind of interesting. I don't know, you know, how, if all, a lot of family businesses were the, um, you know, son or daughter work and with the parents are, you know, kind of the same, but for us, it's not so much about, it's just a kind of team effort. Right. So, I don't, I don't think about like how we can make it better or worse. Like I think more about like what's best for just the business overall and the family. So, you know, you kind of go through those uh, different things and just have to see what works. And so we, you know, we were in, at a place where I felt like we could develop. I have a lot of passion for that side of things, construction, development, concept, all that. And so we, um, you know, naturally just all fit. So we just, we just do whatever's best for, uh, the overall business. What what's some things that you brought to the table that maybe your parents, you know, weren't it's, doing? It's interesting because there there is, it's it, like my family. There's such a generational divide between the last three generations. Like it's almost like hyper speed, and I think that's true for a lot of families. But you know, when you have a, uh, uh, you know, moving from India to to the U.S. Um, that already is going to create a huge generational or cultural difference between my parents and myself. And then same for my grandma, who's even further, further back and my grandparents. Uh, so it's, it's like, you know, I, I think being, it's, it's easier growing up here and having the experiences of being here, whether it just be the way you may sound, the way you may communicate, 
it's easier to get some things done. So I think that is a big part of what I was able to bring to the table. Just putting like a, you know, my parents came here with, you know, little knowledge of the country, little knowledge so of anything, you know. Your and parents, so, did they immigrate? Yeah, so my uh, dad moved to Canada first, worked in like manufacturing, like factories and stuff like that. Nothing fancy, not like management or anything like that. And then my mom moved over a little bit after that. And then uh, they, as soon as she started to kind of get a similar job, she got pregnant. And then shortly after having me, we moved back to, uh, or they moved down to Texas. And so I, you know, was here within a month of being born. Okay. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really cool because I've talked to a lot of business owners and they always say it's the third generation that ruins it all. Is that me or, wait, how's that? So that's uh, my, my kid's generation? I think I that's think, you. Is it me? It's you. How's it me? You well, how do how do we determine you, my grandma was the starting generation? The I'd love grandma's to hear this. the starting. Oh did yeah, she well, own the ho- did she own the hotel? No. <laughs> so your parents started it. Exactly. So you're the second generation. Exactly. They, they always say the second generation ruins it. Now no, it's changing. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no <laughs> they, it's actually the second generation. They build it. They build it. That's correct. They build I, it. I mean, I think to some degree that's correct. His parents might argue. What do you think about that, Cody? I think his parents are anything well, about that. He spends the most uh, I, money. I heard it was I heard it was third generation, yeah. So that would I guess be his kid. So be, you better have be. fun. They better have fun before the kids can ruin it. Oh yeah. She, well, they'd say the second generation actually builds it and yeah. the third generation comes in entitled and ruins it all. So so it's it's so funny because the, what's the first one do? The first they, one starts they do all the they do all the Yeah, they do the really, really hard. All the legwork. Yeah. And then hopefully the second one brings it up and the third one they're then titled little suckers take so, so all the money and burn it to the what's ground. funny about that is i just you know i had a i have a daughter and it's been about 18 months and it's one of the biggest like worries i have as a parent um not that she's going to be in our business or anything like that i mean you know we'll see if she wants to do that or not but more than titled part it's like you know, I think you get a unique perspective being the second generation when you're getting that, you know, melding of those two cultures, The not just the cultural aspect of it, but the work ethic part of it, too. Because I can tell you right now, most second generation aren't going to work as hard as their first immigrant parents did. And I'm not, I don't even ever claim to be. My parents worked their asses off for a long time to kind of even get to a level where I could even be useful, you know? so Yeah, for sure. So, so like, uh, but then we're able to kind of bring skills to the table when it comes to just being able to get certain things done in a faster, more, you know, it's simple things too. Sometimes it's not just cultural divides. It's like technology divides, you know? And, and so things like that, I, I was able to kind of come in and what do you, what do you mean by cultural divide? Well, sometimes it is just about like, you know, the way you communicate after being here your whole life, you know, it's just easier to communicate with banks for financing. It's easier to communicate with franchises for franchising. So it's not that they won't, you know, give someone a franchise or a loan or whatever like that just because they have an accent, but they're looking for the complete package. They want to know that you're going to run the business and successfully. You're, and you're talking about banks right here. No, not not necessarily just banks. It could be franchises that are willing to see if you're the right partner for them. Yeah. It can be a lot of different things. It, it just doesn't ever hurt to be a better communicator and when, you know, there is a language divide. Not that I'm not, I shouldn't say it like my dad doesn't speak English or something. He does. He's gotten, 
he got just fine where he is. But having me there with him, it's kind of like I think we both bring different things to the table that, that yeah, works so best together. Knowledge, and then you're able to yeah. help. And I, 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 I just, I just always kind of looked at it like putting just a little bit of you know dressing on it and making so it just that much better of a pack. You're the frosting. I'm the, I am, I am. He's like the, he's definitely the the important part of the cake. And your pretty wife is the sprinkles. Yeah. The, yes, the ginger sprinkles. <laughs> I guess uh, you just ripped the lid off that. <laughs> if anyone's listening, since <laughs> his wife has red hair. The, yeah. <laughs> the in, who who uh, we we like kind of answered that question of what a an Indian and a redhead what their baby will look like, and it turns out pretty. I'm biased, but pretty cute. So, so yeah, his baby is 18 months old and cute as a. Button. Cute. Yeah, yeah, cute as a button for sure. Um, let's get into Tony's background a little bit. I'm um, boring. Cody, do you have any uh, anything to add with uh, Mr. Atish? No, I agree, man. Like, it's all – yeah, I, could, I couldn't have said any better about, you know, hard work and, and uh, all the stuff you just commented on. So, I definitely – I'm right there with him. So, yeah, me too. I mean – there's nothing that replaces hard work, period. Nothing. No. That's been a common common thread, uh, I think, throughout the however many podcasts we've done, the successful people we've talked to, and, and in life, just in general, we hear it. You know, uh, nothing can replace hard work. You're lucky and all the other stuff. But, you know, hard work creates luck, too. So <laughs> I, I wish you could see Atisha's face right now. What? <laughs> this is like... <laughs> What? He's looking at me like, what the hell is this guy no, talking about? No, 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 no. It's like, I think he felt, it's like almost like relief that he was able to get through it. He's like, what no, is not, hard work? not at all, not at all. I just, I mean, it's it's easy to say the hard work part because it's, I mean, it's obviously very true, but, you know, there's like hard work and then there's like, you know, I think if you ask 90% of people, they'd be like, oh, I work hard. You know what I mean? I can say just by. Uh, <laughs> oh, I no, I'm saying if you, <laughs> you think you work hard. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying they'll say they work hard. But like, you know, I, that's why I can be humble about it and say I've watched, you know, I watch my parents work their whole lives. So, you know, to me, nothing that I have to do will ever be as hard as what they had to do. Starting something's way harder than keeping it going mm-hmm. or growing it. You know, so I have this thing. And is if anyone ever brags or tells you how good they are at something, I immediately think they are actually horrible at that thing. Probably true. It's probably true most of the time. So and I'll give you some examples. I had this uh, sales rep. He's like, man, I'm the greatest wakeboarder. You know, like I can do all these tricks. And I'm like, that's such a weird thing to be <laughs> bragging well, about at a business is like, meeting. Because he saw our boat, right? Like he saw Bro. our boat. He's like, brother, man, like you got to. You got, man, dude, I could do it all, man. I'm like, but he doesn't realize, like, I wakeboarded every day yeah, from uh, 17 till I was 25 and blew, blew both knees out and broke my ankle. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of ended my career. Yeah. And cool. got married. Going hard on the wakeboard. <laughs> I, I went. Going real hard. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, this guy says he's pretty good. I yeah. want to check it out because I have a buddy that's pro. Yeah. So I'm like. All right, let's 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 roll. Take him out to the lake. I'm like, couldn't be more disappointed. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, can you jump the wake? You said like you were doing a back roll, roll the revert. Like, you can't jump the wake. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, and I'll, I'm just uh, trying to stand up. Yeah. Second, my second story about that is I had a nurse. No surprise, getting another surgery. 
weird. I know, really weird for me, which it's like every other week. But the nurse is bragging to me about how great they are at giving IVs. I'm like, oh, my gosh, please don't. She missed the vein eight times. Four times missed the vein, digging around in my arm. I'm like, can you stop? Just stop. Go get somebody. And he's like, and he quit. He flat out quit and got another nurse. She comes oh, in, yeah. first poke done. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, I have a thing about people like saying how good they are and them not being good at all. But for, hey, I don't think we said though, like for, uh, I just want to throw this in for everybody listening. Like I, I didn't make the trip. I had some extenuating circumstances oh, come up. So if yeah. something sounds like delayed or whatever, I'm, or you, or you hear screams in the background. I'm at baseball games back in Arizona. So yeah. Hey, I, know, I missed out, missed out on the trip, but you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll get to meet these guys in a little bit, but, but Cody, I couldn't be more proud of Cody for doing what he did because he chose family. And for me, that means a lot. So, like, that just kind of well, shows you the type of guy he is. So, I I'm, I was really bummed he didn't make it, but I couldn't be more proud of his decision. So, we'll make it. Um, so let's get to Tony a little bit. Tony? Yeah, Colin, what's going on? So, you went to your hookup. Like, what do you call it? Texas Longhorn. Longhorn. <laughs> the Longhorns. Yes, sir. Longhorn. Longhorn. And so, you... You got out of college, and where did college take you? So college took me to Houston, Texas. Why? Work. So I'm what your work? typical corporate America white collar worker, I think. So, like, explain, explain to me what that is. So I am a consultant for oil and gas. Uh, whoa, whoa, been a whoa! Consultant. Just whoa. How do you get out of college? Now, did, did you get like a master's? What did you get? Actually, I got a bachelor's in electrical engineering and i am proud to say that i've probably not used it in the last 12 years only to repair things at my house (laughs) guess what i have a bachelor's in communications and if you ask my wife i'm the worst communicator there is oh play the rim shot (laughs) shot. it's gotta be one of those yeah yep and then um so yeah it's all right we all have like I, the last guy, he's a financial advisor, and he went to. Uh, he has his bachelor's as a uh, photographer. So you know, yeah. go figure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Call. Get what you're saying. The point of this podcast, when I get back to the point, is the college is bullshit. Well, <laughs> that's what we're here to tell everyone. Like it's just a bunch of bullshit. I'm totally just going off on well, my own I'm, tangent, but I'm, I do I'm think gonna... a lot of it's overrated. And, uh... Well, I think college, you need a point. Huh? You need a point. You need to know what you want. And unfortunately, a lot of young kids out there, well, they don't have it. They agree. They don't, and yeah. they're spending a lot of money on stuff that's not going to. I'm think. with you. That's that's kind of kind of what I'm saying. But it's like at the end of the day, if you walk out of there at that age, not even knowing what you wanted to do anyway, and you're like this many thousands of dollars in debt, it's like, shit. You should have gone to a technical if, college. If I you, agree, if, but that should be a more of an option for people. I'm I with you, man. I'm, I'm really, I feel really bad for the people that get have a hundred thousand dollars in a bachelor's degree debt, and their job produces forty thousand a year. Yeah, it's tough, and but I mean, I think more than that, it's about just like bad choice. It, it's my point isn't just to hate on the college specifically, even though their costs keep going up and. Not Wait, not really that, not really at a rate that's really that explainable. Make, it, it makes no sense to me because football brings all this money in. Well, that's billions of dollars, and then um, they're state funded. What uh, what is the colleges? Yeah, like yeah, we have some state of them, yeah. 
funded, like Texas and yeah. Houston and ASU and yeah. all these state colleges that are state funded get federal aid. They get all this stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't see the aid going to the students. I mean, it, it's a I, business. It, yeah, it's, it's probably yeah. more. You know, it's probably there's probably different unique yeah. circumstances for different people, but. I mean, to me, at the end of the day, it's kind of a lack of options for young people. And this cultural, you know, shift towards thinking less of the blue-collar working man, which is an unbelievable skill, right? Like, I mean, you look at who's the genius, you know, the guy with a degree that he probably didn't want and $100,000 in college debt, or some guy who was probably kind of socially judged who went to work at a plumbing company did it for about five years, has zero debt, learned everything he needed to do, and then opened his own plumbing company and now makes many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and has no debt. I'm well, not, I'm just, I'm using very specific practical. examples, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, there, there was a, you know, cultural shift to pushing. I do think there, we would be better spent, and I don't know how Cody feels about this, but having vocational schools more 100%. available. Agree. 100%. HVAC, plumbing, 100%. painting. Well, that, and the cultural idea of being better than any of that is absolutely laughable and and that 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 i'm not saying that people are pushing that agenda it's just something that kind of happened in like the I feel like the 70s and 80s where it's like you need to go to college you need to get this that and the other we were, or else you're you we know. were told that if you didn't have a degree you would make no money exactly mm-hmm. so every 100 would you agree to that yeah that's Cody? what i was gonna say those yeah those like those vocational schools or whatever they you know I don't, they should be frowned upon is what you know i don't want to there's a maybe a misconception or a you know like you were saying yeah. school is just College degree from college is better than that. Where it's really not. I like, mean, why would they their be own? And what are you looking for? State funded vocational schools. Those there are may the guys keeping the lights on. Yeah, know? there may be. I don't know, but no, I just not. to me it's 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 to me it's like one of those yeah, deals. Leave it. There has high to, school. Yeah, it has to be. They they have to raise that you know equal. Like, like I know some hairstylist that makes some coin, dude. Yeah. And you're you always know. and you're gonna need haircuts. Everyone needs a haircut. But also, when you're good at your craft, you know, people yeah. will pay, right? So. If you're, I have this thing that my dad taught me. If you're the hardest worker there is, and you're the best at what you do, and by best, I mean you work hard at being the best. Mm-hmm. You have to keep training, getting better at your craft. If you are those two things, and yeah. you're honest, you have to be honest. That's a big thing, which apparently, I'm telling you this, is hard for people to be honest. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're those three things. things, those three things, you'll never be without a job. Well, kind of the honesty part comes back to the uh, karma, you know, thing. And and I, I mean, not just because I'm Indian, but like the karma thing's always worked out. Like I always felt like ends up working for or against you because, you know, it's it's not just some cosmic force in the universe. I feel like, you know, over time, will will you being the doing the right thing or being good to someone work out for you every single time? No, it won't. But I've found that the less miserable you are or the more approachable you are or the just, you know, you may not be having the best day, but you put your best foot forward. Yeah. You're just a decent human being. Don't feel sorry you, for yourself. Yeah, you'd be amazed at how much better your life ends up because people approach you better. People are better to you. Mm-hmm. The energy, and so it's it's like weird because we think of it almost like this, you know, thing that's out of our control, but it's really not. Because if you're just, you're going to get a lot more of what you put out, you know, back towards you, you know? And, yeah. and it's like, I don't think I'm always the guy that's perfect about that. So don't get me wrong. I'm not like, you know, like, uh, 
always walking out there with a smile on and this and that. But you have to remind yourself sometimes. It's not that easy. But, you know, being a – if you're an asshole, people are going to be assholes to you. And yes. you may win this trade one time by screwing someone over. You may, you know, get a couple of wins at it. And over time – but in the end, I've seen it, at least from my experience, you know, the little that I have at 35. But it's like it, usually the good people end up finding each other and working with each other and being more successful overall. It, it's called attraction. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about that, Cody? 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 Cody. Technical difficulties. Uh, he might be out. Right Sorry, now. I hit, no, I hit mute. I hit mute. Oh, Sorry, there he is. Back. Cody, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold I, on. I, I, fat, I fat, fat fingered the mute button. My bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, there you go. Took a couple of tries. That, that's the one. I dropped dropped Rup. the AirPod, muted it. I was a train wreck right there. Whole whole entire train wreck. Right Story, there. Of Story, Story of my life. Story of my life. You rub it off on me, Cody. So, what do you think about what uh, Atish just uh, you know kind of went on a tiny little rant? Right. I like I like the rabbit hole. I like the rabbit hole. And we digress. And we digress. I think it's informative. <laughs> No, I love it. I think it's informative. I, I love the, the outlook. I love the different perspective that we're getting from these guys. And, and it's right along the lines of everything that we, we kind of discuss, you know, every, yeah. every week on this thing. Yeah. So, Tony. Oh. Yes, sir. Let's get back to you. You're a quiet sucker in here. And Tony is actually. anyone's quiet. <laughs> so, Tony, it's to true. me, is a mystery. And I'm going to – my goal here is to unleash the mystery of Tony He. Y'all so can't handle it. You – what, you 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 get a degree in engineering mm-hmm. and help electrical uh, engineering electrical engineering and every once in a while you get a call from a teach to change a light bulb yeah everyone thinks I do wiring <laughs> and I don't so you're like no I can't do <laughs> that, that. Is not it I yeah. am will change and <laughs> you're like a teach I told you I'll do this you just turn it <laughs> put a new <laughs> turn the light bulb lefty loosey righty tighty it's like I keep telling I just, it just won't come out you need it won't a degree come for out. that. So you went to corporate America. Did you want, is that something you wanted is to become corporate America? Uh, I don't know. I think my parents had an idea that, you know, engineering was the right path, right? Uh, Every parent know. has an idea for their kid. Well, it's, it's, I think it goes back to the whole cultural statement that Atish was talking about earlier is that, you know, as an Asian immigrant, higher education is priority over everything else. And, you know, that's what you focus on. There was no, nothing around sports, nothing around yeah. outdoor activities. It's all, you know, study, 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 right? Yeah. Make sure you go to a good college. Make sure you get good grades. Grades are everything, above everything else, you know? So, <laughs> um, and then, you know, going into college, it was like, okay, what can I study? Is it engineering? Do I want to go to med school? And, you know, <laughs> I, I had a sort of inkling that I wanted to do medicine, but you know, my parents or my mom specifically was like, nah, you should probably try engineering. So, you know, I was like, <laughs> she was like it. let's she, do it. Yeah. Let's go engineering. So, you know, mom's the word, right? And right. graduated with an electrical engineering degree. That's amazing. Good job. That's a hard degree to oh, get. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's I, I tell you right now, I yeah. got that degree. That's yeah. why I got no, uh, the communication degree. And now I change light bulbs for a teach. So. Yeah. But <laughs> it's really worked out well for me. I just, the consulting thing interests me so much. Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting to me too, I think. How did you get into that? Uh, so I actually interned with the firm that I'm with right now. So when did you intern? During like your college? Jun- yep, junior year of college. Interned with them. Um, client was in his 
oil and gas super major. And this was back in 2008, 2007, right? It's a good so time. Could, yeah. So well, I could, it was like, yeah, it was about to be a really good time yeah. for the hotel industry in Houston as well because oil and gas was about to explode. I remember that time. Yeah, so yeah. I graduated oh, right when the downturn came in. So, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, and then, and then like three years later, it was like boom for like four years and then, yeah. That's when we started our RV business. Oh, it's a, really? yeah. Really? And the. The Nothing like a, that's actually when we had uh, start signed up a hotel as well. It was an interesting time to do business, right? Financial no. just, just destruction everywhere, and we actually crushed. I mean, we went. I wouldn't say crushed it, but we grew. Mm-hmm. So, but so you the, the consulting you got on as an intern, and then they're like, "Man, this Tony guy's awesome." Oh yeah, we love him. He's got this clean looking face. He, he works his, hard. He's his, cheap. He, he doesn't. Yeah, clean looking face doesn't have a beard like everyone. <laughs> the dirty people in this room. And he's got this, including myself. Beautiful hair. It's like it's so beautiful. It's flaw. It's a floof. Man, if you could only see me back then, I look way different. <laughs> like, what'd you look like? Tell me. Like, fresh off the boat. Here. You looked like you fresh off the boat. Just no, like, he didn't look fresh off. Buzz the boat. cut. Buzz cut. You, yeah, but that's not fresh off the boat, dude. Were you driving a Honda two door Honda? Civic, Mazda. I Mazda. I drove the two. I drove the two door Honda Accord with the with the uh, rims exhaust with the exhaust. Yep, I oh, did. Bah, bah, bah. That was my first car <laughs> with the seventeens. Dude, blue. I don't. I don't White know. White or blue. I don't I know if you saw Fast and the Furious, but if that didn't change your life, I feel sorry for you. It changed my life. Should have the it first just, one, not that never, shitty second bullshit. With I mean, that. I spent a couple intern paychecks on rims. Yeah, you know? I'll I tell mean, you what I didn't do was buy one of those cars. Yeah, you know what? You just weren't cool. You weren't. You were. You know, you've never been a, a Dominic Toretto. That's a problem with you, <laughs> Dominic. <laughs> what do you think, buddy? Were you a Dominic? Oh, we might have had a Jim. Co- Co- Cody's, back. Cody's back like, at it. Co- Cody's googling the cast. Of, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not googling. googling the cast of Fast and Furious One. Dominic Toretto, <laughs> Cody Ransom. He's like, dude, I was more of a Brian Earl Spillner. <laughs> Brian Earl, FBI, God, I undercover. Just, I just for want... stolen DVD players. <laughs> <laughs> if they, this, were, oh my they God. were worried about DVD players, dude. God. If this turns into a, a full like. Just Fast and the Furious recap <laughs> podcast. I really would feel great about that. Well, you're the one that brought it. Up, I know, and I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep bringing it. We can it take up. that whatever. We can take the re- whatever direction you want to take it. I'm, I'm going to keep what, bringing it. I up. wish I could say something, but um, my producer's saying I'm not allowed to say it. Oh, really? That's what she said. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. No, nope. it's copyright. You broke the rules. He looked at me right when I was about to say, he's like, just say, I don't own the rights to this. And then he can say it. And I said, anyways, maybe not, but he's, that was such a great setup. I couldn't not say it. That's true. So uh, let's get back to Tony. Atish keeps stealing the show. Have you noticed this? Like you can't ring up Fast and the Furious to expect me to be quiet. <laughs> you brought it up. You brought it. Up. We weren't the ones that brought it up. She's like, you guys brought up Fast and Furious. Don't blame me. <laughs> yeah, but you made me bring it up. You can't just. I made whatever. him bring it up just because he said he got out the boat. Yeah. I was like, were you driving the? You know the. Yeah, the two doors exactly. with the glass, with the glass right packs. This is Brock's fault. Drifting, I stand by my point. Drifting, drifting out. Yeah. Oh, that was the oh real episode. God. Fast and Furious Tokyo. <laughs> You're still talking about it. I'm just wondering about Tony. I'm over here just curious about Tony. I don't know anything about this guy. I've only known him for 11 years now. So, okay. You're consulting. Consulting. You're, you got the job. 
got the job. What are you consulting? Like, what do you do? That was going to be my question. What do you consult? It's like I consulted on system integrations, business processes, things like that. So you think these oh, these, so like real real life consulting? Yeah, I mean it, it's interesting, right? Because you go into these big firm, these big companies, and you think, oh man, these guys must have everything down packed, like like you know, my company, the most efficient, you know, streamlined process. These nope. everywhere, and you go in and you look and you're like, man, train wreck. This is crazy. They make millions and millions and millions of dollars, and this is what. And, these things and they're like. losing probably tons of it because of the systems yeah. and and um, take out the millions. But I would fit that category, and that's actually what we're working on right now: systems and integration of um, you know platforms to mm-hmm. manage our inventory, so it's not getting stolen every other day by who knows who. Yeah, and I mean that's I think that's the story that's of what it's been for the last eleven years, right? It's you know you want visibility. Right, visibility into data, visibility into what you have, so that you aren't losing money. That value leakage is so not there. Do you have systems like your own systems, or do you bring new systems in? Like, how do you find the system? So both. Um, we work with third-party vendors to implement their systems. Right. Um, so we go in and we understand what the client's focus is, what their requirements are, and then we understand what the vendor's solution or their application can do. And we make sure that both can kind of cohese together, right? And then do you train them on the systems? Mm-hmm. We do that as well. You integrate the systems. You train the employees how to work the system. And then you make them use the system, I'm sure, right? Yeah, we're an end-to-end shop. I mean, the the use part is is the tough part, right? Because change management, I think, is, is tough in any world. Do you ever go in and like, okay, so-and-so needs to be fired. And that guy needs to go. And that guy needs to go. Luckily, that hasn't been my role. Um, but have you recommended? Yeah. I mean, I think you go anywhere and you're like, man, this guy. Do the bosses take your, like, if you came in, like, dude, homie needs gone. Did they take you that serious or do they give excuses for him? You know, I don't think I've ever recommended that, right? I like, I like to see the more positive side of someone and think that they can learn. I, I like this. I like where this is going. Boy, you know, boy we're different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, if, you, if you think about it, it's the oil and gas industry, right? So these guys have been in their jobs for, you know, 20, 30 years, and yeah. they've been doing the same thing day in and day out. And once you get accustomed to something, you don't want to change, right? And you can't blame them for that, right? They're they're comfortable. You know, they're comfortable with what they're doing. Yeah. And then you come Damn, in. Comfortable, yeah. You're like a 20 year old graduate from college, and you're like, "Hey, punk kid with the shaved head looks like he got off the boat." Exactly. You're wearing this shirt that's like three times too big, and looking you know. like, uh, you know, Brian, whatever that guy is. No, not Brian. Toretto. You can't get your Fast and Furious characters mixed up. <laughs> who is Toretto? Who would Tony? Who would Tony be? No, oh, I'm, I'm Fast I'm, and Furious. I, forgot, I actually forgot the Asian guy. No, his, his name is Han. Han, Han, is Han? yes, Han. Han. In Tokyo Han. Drift. Han. What if Tokyo Han. Drift? Yes, Tokyo Drift. Dude, homie actually died though, right? Oh, yeah. God bless him. Yes. No, he's I, alive in real life though, thank God. Is he? I don't know. I hope No, so. I think he really died. <laughs> no, he's alive. Yeah. He's alive? Who are you talking about? Yeah, I think Han. he was the Asian guy. Yeah. Asian guy. So Han. He died in the movie though. Han, I think. I think Han's alive in real life. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank goodness, because I thought he I passed. Think. I thought I think when that he did that accident, I think I thought he just kicked. No, that the, was the in the curb. that was in the movie, dude. Oh, this man. podcast is taking a dark turn. Dark turn. Jeez. It is. That was a dark rabbit hole with only one entrance. And we digress. Hold on. And we digress. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. We're waiting for it. Give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> that was the dark hole that we entered and That's came a, out of. This soundboard's perfect. That's what she said. I like it, Ryer. I like where you're at, Ryer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Tony, some punk kid, Hong, he's like, here comes Hong in his Honda Civic, thinking he's going to boss us around. How do you maintain your leadership role? Like, how do you get these people to, like, one, believe you? Because that's the toughest part, I think, is getting these people to believe in you. Well, I think step one is you have to be confident, right? And then step two is that you have to make sure that they know you want them to be successful, right? It, because if they are successful, then you are successful yourself, yeah. right? Um, if you try and tear them down, then you're not going to look good in front of anyone, right? And at the end of the day, in my opinion, the client, you know, they look after their own, yes. right? And so if you go in and you're like, this dude sucks, this dude sucks, yeah. this dude sucks, right? They're going to look at Super you. Super negative. Yeah. Exactly. Super negative. You're not right? going to get anything done. you got a negative vibe. You're coming in with a negative vibe, yeah. and this, they're like, no one feels good about this. No. Exactly. Positive energy only. I believe in positive energy. 100%. Um, yeah, if you come in just talking people up, that's just going to give a totally different vibe. The owner of the company is be like, man, I really like Han. <laughs> <laughs> they call you Han? <laughs> Not normally. Oh. Han, Not on purpose. Tony's over here just... Making friends, buying everyone beers, probably. Do you ever, like, have to take them out? Like, let's go on out. Let's, you know, get everyone, you know, like. So we did We did go to happy hour one time, and we play, We like to play this game called credit card roulette. Uh-oh. Right? And Uh-oh. so this was actually when I was still an intern. And what you had lost. happened. Oh, my God. They <laughs> you set, lost? They set me up good. So. Dude, you were the intern? I was this the intern. Is the, the intern always loses. Of course. I went to the restroom, and they were like, whatever card that dude hands you, pick that card. And, I mean, it was like a $300 tab. I was an intern. I don't even remember what I was making at that time. But $300 was a lot to me. Yeah, you're an intern broke as a joke. Yeah, and so I paid for the tab, obviously. You know, I didn't want to seem like a schmuck. And then two weeks later, they were like, hey, don't worry. We're actually going to cover that cost. And I was like, you mother. Oh, that's good that they did that. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say, they better do that, man. We We did the same thing, like rookie dinners. Yes. You know, you get the team the team to go out to a dinner. You have, you know, 15 guys there at, you know, some big steakhouse in the city, and it you know, comes to a couple thousand dollars, and the rookie puts his card in and freaks out. And, you know, they act like they're going to charge it, and then somebody, you know, just hands them the cash for it. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a fun game. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> Unless you're the rookie. We had a good story about that. We uh, when our When we had less employees, we'd take every time it was someone's birthday, we'd take them out to – to dinner for lunch and this particular person was my brother-in-law so they um we all pretended that we forgot our wallets and we're like oh dude and he's like are you guys kidding me just just like a bad day <laughs> and then we're like he's, he gets Wait, your so, brother-in-law is joe pesci <laughs> oh yeah no yeah he gets so like he gets so fired up so easy. It's just so fun doing jokes on him. He's just like, are you kidding me? This is a bad day. I'm like, well, you know, we'll, we'll get you back, dude. I promise. Terrible Joe Pesci. <laughs> I'm not, well, I'm yeah, not trying to be. It wasn't a very good impersonation. Sorry, guys. I just made I just, all that up. I'm just trying to impersonate my brother-in-law, not necessarily Joe Pesci. Oh, it wasn't Joe Pesci. Go. No, I was just being dumb. But anyways, <laughs> so he goes, 
into the bathroom, we obviously sneak the, you know, our credit card in there. And when it comes back, he's like, like, oh man, the lady, she, she's going through a tough time. So we like doubled the tip, you know, from like, you know, seven, yeah, we gave her like an $80 tip. She's just going through a bad time. So. On his credit card? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this ain't tithing, bro. This ain't what? This ain't what? This ain't tithing. <laughs> like, church tithes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we're, oh, you know, we had him so fired up all the way till we got back to the office. All the way. And they were like, dude, we didn't use your card. <laughs> nice. Uh, got one more joke I played on him because he was so fun to play. What's jokes. it? What, can you say his name? Um, yeah, Jed. Damn. I want it to be like my cousin Vinny. No. <laughs> uh, his nickname was Jetteria. Jetteria. <laughs> oh, dude, you guys tortured uh, this poor bastard. Oh, dude, he was like, he was the best. Like, I did, I never played jokes on people. Yeah, I don't but, believe that at all. But he was so fun to do it, too. I did it all the time. So <laughs> poor he just, Jed. He just got his truck all fixed at the diesel shop and, like, all the oil leaks fixed. And we have this pile of used oil. Oh, my and God. And I'm like... He pissed me off that day, so I was like, "You should see how mad Tony looks right now." <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the worst. This is the best joke you could possibly play on Tony. So I took this oil and I went and dumped it underneath his truck. Like, oh, it, looked like, it looked like a gallon of oil just came out of his truck. And then to top it on off, I like poured some up like the engine block. No, so oh, Tony, like, Tony is just sweating right so now. So like then I went inside. I was like. Dude, I thought you said you got your truck fixed. And I was like, <laughs> pretending, I pretended I was on the phone. Hey, man, I saw a bunch of oil underneath your truck. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then I just walked by like it was no big deal. Homie gets like a ladder. <laughs> he goes out there. He's like, he's out there for 45 minutes crawling underneath this truck. Oh, I didn't even tell him. Didn't even tell him. You never so told to him? to this day, he thinks he had an oil leak. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? That's just evil. <laughs> okay, maybe I told him, like, the next day. I can't remember, but I, I really let it hope ro- you told him. I let it roll for Because what if you took it back to the place, and then they were like, dude, there's nothing wrong with it, and he looked bad. Or they, what if they ripped him off? No. Well, he's going to listen to this podcast, and you'll be like, that yeah, Jed, Jetty, Jetty, hey, Jed, if you're listening, <laughs> Jed, right now. if you listen to this, Jess, I'm, Jed, I am really sorry. <laughs> Jed, I, I, I was feel a, like. I, I was a total asshole. I feel like someone owes you a really nice gift. Okay, fine. Yes. And you know what? I did give him a gift for Christmas, and I didn't even have his name for the Secret Santa, okay? All right. Well, then that's fine. Redemption. Yeah, he got the nice gift. Yeah. All right. That fine. I almost sawed my arm off today, yesterday with. And Ryer. Yeah, yeah, you did almost saw your arm off. Yeah, I'm still recovering from the sawing job I gave myself. So, anyways, Tony's in there. He's making his way by loving these people. Loving these people. <laughs> just sending his love. Good vibe. Tony just loving on everyone. <laughs> Tony, like you're, such a, you're such a lover, dude. God. You're lo- the most loving guy. Just, you just so, walk in and just like, well, spreading your love. Are, have, have you worked for the same company since you got out of college? I have. So I've wow. Been same place. A lot of love. But, you know, have, I think have you worked up the ladder, would you say? No, still same position. No way. You're <laughs> full of it. You're so full of it. Yeah, I've, I've worked up the ladder. So tell me the different positions you've had, because I have no idea what this would look like. So we start as an analyst, or I started as an intern, right? And so you go, intern, which uh, is you paying for everyone's drinks. Basically. Mm-hmm. And then you become an analyst once you're full-time. What you do as an analyst. Um. Actually, so you basically do everything, right? You're you are the person that are 
is putting fingers on the keyboard. You know, you are like talking to the clients. You're you're doing everything that you, you should be. Are you figuring out where their weak points are? Mm-hmm. Are you the man says, okay, here's a weak point here. Here's this. You're so, losing hours here. So you're still taking direction, right? Because you have people above you, right, they, who are more experienced. And they're telling you, hey, take a look at this. Take a look at this. And, yeah. you know, but um, – you're definitely not hidden from the client, right? You're you're in with the client. You're in meetings. You're talking to them. Are, where's your office at? Are are like are you working remotely? Are you in like in the work their actual business? No. So you're at the client site. So well now with COVID, we're all working from home. Yeah. You know the kind of travel stop. Normal. You're in. You're in with everybody. Mm-hmm. You're in the mix. Yep. You're getting the vibe of the company, right? Mm-hmm. You're really feeling what's going on. Yeah, so I've been with probably about five clients in my career. Um, a couple in Houston, one in Bellevue, Washington, one in Los Angeles, California, um, and then another in Baltimore. So it's it's been all over the place. And then, you know, when you travel, you fly out Mondays, you fly back Thursdays. So Monday to Thursday. Every week, every week, it's, every week. It was. And how is your gr- girlfriend, like slash partner for life? She's good. I mean, she's fine. She understands. I mean, you got to work. To be that committed is a lot. She's got to be a, a true warrior. Yeah, I agree. Props to her. I yeah. mean, I mean, I, spending four days away from Tony though sometimes is. Nice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking a tease, dude. Freaking, I just want to fast and furious. Love what I played. Yeah, I just want to p- contribute a little bit. Yeah. Atish needs me more than anybody. First of all, yeah, that's true. That's actually true. <laughs> I don't know what button that part. So I was supposed to Were you looking for the want want? Because that's green. The. Yeah. <laughs> wow. First day already knows more than we know. That's I, great. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, I'm letting Ryer hit the buttons now because I just quit. I ended up hitting like five in a row. I was like, don't know. Everything should probably, probably put uh, like a, a, a sticky note underneath those you things. Know, it actually, it, is, it right? actually came with label, like this a label thing. maker. It came with a label thing, like mm. a, and you have to write Brock, it down. Brock definitely I, threw it away. Yeah, might want to try those out. I don't know. Brock was like, these labels look nerdy. Labels are for nerds. You know what? I'm going to ask my business consultant that? best way to handle this. But so you work for five different clients. So now you are a business analyst. You're analyzing. It sounds like you're doing all the work. You're the gr- It sounds like a law firm where the first like three or four years, you're just a straight grunt work putting 80 hours a week in. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say 80 hours every week, right? But, you know, when you're working on projects and some hour, some weeks are good, some weeks are bad. But you put your time in, right? Like we talked about earlier, you put in hard work, you know, and, and you move up the ladder. And as long as you enjoy what you do, then uh, then it's not so bad. Luckily, I've been blessed to work with good teams and yeah. good people. So, you know, it's been That's good. That's the big thing, culture. How's the culture where you work? Oh, at the firm? Excellent. Excellent. How big is the firm? Hundreds of thousands. Worldwide. International company. Really? Mm-hmm. And you're just a branch? Uh, so I belong to the Houston office, um, and we how have offices. Are at, how how many people are at the Houston office? Thousands. Serious? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm impressed. And I mean, it's a huge company. We we focus on all industries, so you know, I'm primarily oil and gas. A little bit of utilities. So how many there. people are in the oil and gas? Oh, I I can't even say. Probably hundreds. Oh my gosh! Right, and, but you know, we're all different, right? We have management consultants, we have technology consultants. 
We have strategy consultants. What's our what are you considered? Management consulting. Okay. So back let's sorry. Let's re we're going back. You're the uh analyst and where do you go from there after the analyst? Then you become a consultant. You're is that where you're at now? That that is a no, that's so the typical progression is analyst for a few years. So how long were you an analyst? One and a half years. One, oh dude, above average. Doogie Hauser. Doogie Hauser. <laughs> that was I was wondering what my next MD. pop culture reference is gonna be. <laughs> yes, nailed it. Is Neil Patrick Harris? <laughs> I think a child doctor. Look for it. I'm gonna do that. I it? feel like a teach needs to be on every podcast. That would get really annoying for all your listeners. No, it wouldn't. You're <laughs> like uh, <laughs> You don't think I'm annoying for your <laughs> listeners? Come on, man. I got a question. <laughs> You have tattoos on your arms. Which no is one knows that. Cool. <laughs> let's like, like, let's like dox it. him. Let's dox his tattoos. But no, the, my question is, does your does the corporate America make you hide them? No, I don't think they make me hide them. I choose to hide them, right? You choose to hide them. Like, I think, you know, there's, there's the duality. You know, when I go to corporate America, when I go to the office, I wear a suit. You know, I wear a button-up, and... It's a very professional environment to me. So right? just by wearing the suit, it's gonna be hidden. Yeah, exactly. And my tattoos only go down to you know three quarters of the way. Oh, only three quarters. And so you know, That's about I can still shake hands. What yeah. if you what if you wear like a those cool new like like LeBron was wearing those shorts <laughs> short with wait, the wait, short do you suit? Have tattoos on your legs? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do. Oh wow! Can you pull it? Can you? Oh, you want to see my legs? Bro? Oh, yeah. this is getting oh, this wow. is getting erotic. Oh no! I don't know why you got to take it there, Jeez. Because <laughs> you just asked her to show you his leg. I wanted to see the tattoos. I was Jeez. just telling. I just telling you my feelings about hey, the situation. Hey, you know, on the plus side, you didn't go with the neck tattoo. Good job. For That's you. true. I've I've been trying to get him to get it. Like a sandhill crane right on his neck. <laughs> no, or the tattoo Beautiful. the tattoo on the side says "Make reasonable choices." Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's the next step. Just hard just work looking, pays off. Just hard work pays <laughs> off. All right, so now you're you're at the a consultant, mm-hmm. and then for how long did you stay there before you worked up to your next a few job? years? I think two to three. And, and what's then, the average? Probably that. You know, I think because you have a kind of ladder progression, right? And so you want to make sure that people get enough experience at each level so that once they get promoted, you know, they don't find themselves floundering, right? So a few years at consultant, next level was manager. I think you said an important part right there. Let's stop for a second. You said you don't want to promote somebody and see them flounder. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with that. Good point. Because... You, it's very important to put people in positions that they will be exceed, mm-hmm. succeed. Sorry, succeed, yeah. successful, absolutely. Yeah, because if you don't, you might ruin the whole deal. Like if you move too fast and it's unsuccessful, that person might be ruined <laughs> yep. completely with that company, and they're out. Exactly. And you know, with us, it's up or out. You know, mentality. So you want people to be successful and. Um, I've oh, seen hold it. On I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Cody, do you have anything yeah. to add to the putting people in positions they will succeed in? Um, yeah. So like, uh, let's use like the minor leagues, for example, on my end, right? Like how we promote players now or, or when I play, we're promoted, but now on the other end, we promote players and we want to test them and push them, but we also want to make sure that they, are successful and, and as an organization, that's always better for us to, 
you know, put them in a spot where where they are going to go and succeed. Um, you know, there's a fi- I think there's a fine line though between you know having to be complacent where they are or moving them to the next level and giving them something to push towards uh, where you know they can they can do it. You just have to maybe some people have to get it out of them. I think it, I would get worried in your position, Cody, because if you put someone in the bigs and they weren't ready, it could just ruin them for the rest of their career. Yeah, it can, and it can ruin the organization, and it can ruin my job. It's like, you know, but, there's a there's a for the people that promote them too. You know, there's there's yeah. that. Um, but but well, yeah, but you know, there's but you also don't you want to push them. You want to see because some yeah. people that might make them step I, up. To what the next what level, about the other know? side of that? Right, I, like, I, I was yeah. just thinking that. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you don't promote, it's such them a fine line. Enough, if you hold them back, yep, there could be damage involved too. Like in your case, uh, Tony, if you held somebody back, they might quit. Right. Yeah, or leave for another firm, or right. there's definitely the risk risk reward to it. It's like you know, in business, there's not always the black and white decisions either. So it's like, I mean, it's a case by case basis, I guess. But I just thought that comment that Tony made was so. Like, it is 100. percent It's such floundering. A, floundering is something that is easy to overlook, but the way he said it was a perfect, was like a perfect way to describe it was, that. It was so like I I'm having a hard time to say this, but it was just so. Poetic. It was 100%. I'm pretty eloquent. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I cried. And he maybe just, we'll, put it, maybe we'll, we'll put a big old flounder on a shirt. Flounder. <laughs> no, he has flounders on his tattoo. Show him your flounder. Show him your flounder. That's a koi fish. Oh, koi. Don't be koi. Don't be koi. Don't be koi with me. Don't be koi with me. We'll put a flounder on his shirt and put your name under it. So, you're two, year, two to three years as a consultant, mm-hmm. and then the next step is. You become a manager, which manager you're is, considered an executive at that point. That's you're, when you basically like don't have to work anymore. Yeah, you just get oh. to be like king of the ca- <laughs> king of the castle. Yeah, king right. Castle. I'm just curious. Like, obviously, low pay. Like the low guy on the total. I'm not pointing to you, Ryer. Settle down, Jesus. <laughs> Why do you keep pointing at him? I'm just using my hands because I use my hands when I talk. But so as a an account, like a the first level. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing pay is low. Yeah, I mean it's it's reasonable because you graduate. We, we mostly hire engineering degrees and business degrees, right? So, and, and I'm not trying to get too personal, but what would be like an average pay scale like across the board for that position? When I started as an analyst, I think I was getting paid sixty three. Oh, that's pretty good. Sixty three five back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, what was the average hour a week? put in mm, i was probably like putting in 60 yeah 60 hours okay. when was that when did you start that 2009 like when i knew you right yeah, yeah he, he used to work he used to work a lot we've known each other for since then basically i knew him when he close to when he moved to houston and uh i mean i think at that time i had already yeah, i had already graduated i don't know if i was still working with hilton or I shouldn't say, like working with a hotel company or working, working with the. I didn't say. I, I didn't say which. I didn't say which one. Hilton Marriott. Who knows? I said I went to school. Garden. I went to the school. I went to school at the Hilton. Conrad Hilton College of Hotel and Restaurant <laughs> Management at the University of Houston, which is true, so it's not a big deal. But uh, no, but I mean, I don't know where I was at at that time, but I just remember Tony worked a hell of a lot more than I did, in my opinion. 
you're, you're, you're working for the family biz, so like yeah. you're hardly working. Yeah, I mean it's it's a but but the it's true. You, there's, there's I'm a, sorry, dude, but I know the, you worked your butt off. There, no, there's I would I wouldn't say that, but there's the per- <laughs> no there's the, there's the perks, but there's also the like. There, trust me, anyone who's worked with their family, I know you do. There are challenges. Actually, I don't work with my family anymore. Well, but that's we're not going to talk about that. But that's what I'm saying. Like there are definitely <laughs> challenges. I've, and I've worked with. I've worked. Yeah, exactly. Those are the challenges. I've worked with. Yeah. Um, my parents specifically, but in most ways, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't change it for anything. But there's a. It's almost weird to like sometimes you don't even think about it. But then now I notice it more that I have a daughter and my dad has a granddaughter. The shift that happens on the weekend, and we're just able to make that fairly seamlessly, which is kind of amazing. Because yeah. Tony's seen it, like. There, when as soon as the conversation turns into a work conversation, it gets a different tone. Not always ugly necessarily, just a different tone. And I'm not working in Tony's environment. Corporate America versus what I do are two very different things. We kind of get a mix of it now with some of the franchises we deal with, but it's not at that level. When I went to that larger hotel I talked about out of college, I got a taste of just a small taste of what Tony probably deals with on a day-to-day basis where, you know, People who may not be the best at their jobs but had tenure got preference in certain situations that they so didn't. And that, to me, was such a foreign thing. I just, you know, one of the things I think my parents taught me that I, I, I value and will always value and I think it's beautiful to this day is, like, it's just simple in a lot of ways. It's not just about, you know, how good, you know, it's, it's, it really is just about how good you are at what you do. We don't, you know, it's like when you're a small business like that, it seems so simple, but it can get so complicated so quickly yeah. with, you know, different things. But my parents have come here with such a liver, you know, die kind of attitude because that's what it was for them for so long, being even smaller in business that they would make cutthroat decisions like that. So tenure didn't matter if you weren't the best at your job, you know, and, and that doesn't mean it's necessarily always the right thing. But some of the things that seem so simple to me can get very, very complicated when you end up in a big, big organization. Yeah. Yeah, there's a hierarchy you yeah. know, that you got to kind of fight through. And it's, and not, it's not always the best, what's best for the business. And that's the frustrating part to me because it is such a one plus one equals two kind of deal. But then when you add the other factors into it, it's almost like, you know, am I... You it's know, not black and white. Yeah, exactly. It gets complicated. So, Mr. Tony... Back to where we were at before, <laughs> and I digress. Well, you say, and I digress again. Yeah. No, I say I digress because I go down rabbit holes all the time. So here we go, going down rabbit holes. Well, my story with Atish actually comes together at some yeah. point, you know. Yeah, so you were working your butt off 63 hours a week. And have you ever done the math hourly, like what you were paid hourly? Because sometimes you do that and you're like, dang, it's like 12 bucks an hour. I try not to be depressed. So yeah. No, but it's still cool that you were able to put that because that enabled you to be able to, you know, get to the next level. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about it earlier once again, right? You, you got to work hard, but there's a little bit of luck involved. Um, and luckily for me, I had good people above me, right, that I worked for, worked with. And they always had my back and, you know, they looked out for me. They made sure, you know, I hit my promotion points and, and things awesome, like that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't have that. I agree. And I agree. I've, I talked to some um, friends of mine that worked in the banking world and they had the complete opposite where they were stuck in a position too long and they were killing it for the bank and they wouldn't promote them. They would mm-hmm. not do it. They wouldn't do it 
because they just didn't want to pay him more money. Yep. And it's really sad. So as the consultant now, you just I don't want you to tell me what you made. What I want you to tell me is pay range. Uh, I think it made so under a hundred still at that under point. 100. And that, what was the hourly? Like how many hours were you putting in? Sixty three still? Did right, you cut same. Down? Well, I think it depends, right? Some weeks you were working forty. You know, other weeks you were working sixty. Then no, you know, know. sometimes <laughs> you know, I was in L.A. for yeah, a stint. You were you were really, and we were working till like one a.m. Yeah, he. he but <laughs> I remember talking to him, and he'd be like, he'd text me before I'd go to bed, and just about whatever, and he'd be texting in the morning, like, when I'm like, there's no way this guy's awake on the West Coast. Yeah. And he was working, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, like, 70 hours. That was, a, that was a rough stint. But, I mean, it was fun. It was yeah. good people, so. That's really that's really cool. I mean, cool that you're able to do that and really muscle through it. Not a lot of people can do that, and not a lot of people understand. And my point of asking the hours compared to pay because there's actually a statistic, and I, I know it's changed probably, but I think the average hours to get to six fig- figures is like a seven-year period at like 67 hours a week. Tired of going different places to get all you want? Looking for a program that offers everything? Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from t-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Ruly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Rolly White is family-owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. That, that makes sense to me. I believe it. And people think, hey, I'm going to work 40 hours a week. I want six figures. 
It's not going to happen. Like, sorry. What's kind of interesting about that is the fact that where my parents started at when we moved here and owned a store, that's how we kind of started. It's a very common, common kind of story from our, you know, Indian background. And, uh, yeah, the crazy thing is that it's not any different than what you just said. I mean, we're talking like 60-hour weeks. I mean. From, 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 from small store in a small town. Yeah. They were up in the morning, and they were open, and they closed very late at night, the latest they could. And that's why I think you see a lot of that immigrant population in those types of businesses. Because they're willing to put in the time. Oh, 100%. They're, they don't care about, so they don't care, but it's just like, this is the American Hol- hol- holidays. Yeah, we'll work those. You don't want to work those. We'll work those. We'll, That's we'll the American the, to that, them. It's the American dream. It's the grind. And for the entitled Americans that have grown up here, don't the third generation we talked about. <laughs> yes, that haven't traveled. If you've traveled to a third country, a third sorry third world country, third world country. I lived there for two years. Where'd you live? I lived in Santiago, Chile. Is that third world? Um, Back the then, suburb, maybe the suburbs. Yeah, I got you. Like the inner city, absolutely not. Yeah. And then you you move out to the suburbs or the like. I hung out where I lived. I lived in a, I lived in an area where I saw dead people in the street all the time. Oh shit, oh, boy! Like legitimately heard gunshots at night. I'd be walking early in the morning, and there'd be a dead dude in the street. There's funeral processions, like almost daily, and I mean. I remember getting chased by a guy. <laughs> I mean, it was it was legit. And I'm this missionary, you know, like by the church, and I wasn't allowed to do anything. We were actually the, the I was the third missionary back into that area because um, they closed down the area for two years because it was too dangerous. Uh, the other missionaries got, the, they got beat with two by fours. Jesus. What? So I was the third missionary back in there, and um, yeah, it was it was third world. I'll tell you what, it's called Lois Pejo, and uh, it was my that's where that was my last area on my mission. And uh, and what what do you think that? How did that change your perspective? It's just so great uh, of just life. We didn't have ACs in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, we walked everywhere. I didn't have a bike. We didn't have a bike because. Any missionary that had a bike got it stolen. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to wear a backpack because you'd get jumped. Yeah. I had a, I had a handbag. I'd walk probably 15 miles a day, every day. Like a purse? Yeah, it was like a purse. <laughs> it was like a purse. I'd have my scriptures in there. Like it was like I walked around with this purse. Yeah. And I was nice to people yep. and try to project that, you know, what you, Tony was talking about, like a, a good vibe out to others. Mm-hmm. And... That's what I lived off of. Yeah. Hey, not don't be scared. Yeah, and get good vibes, and that will be given back. I believe that. Yeah, for sure. You know, don't get in the middle of people's crap. We're not. We're not there to police. Exactly. I'm not a police. If I had a police and a gun, that'd be a different story. But I was there to, you know, preach, and I was there to serve, help others, do service projects, just do all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah. so that changed everything for me. Everything, everything. It made me come back, and I worked my butt off. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, whatever I was doing is 100%. Well, it's funny because I always think, like, you know, that perspective is something that's lost on a lot of people. And the reason I say that, and I can't speak for Tony because I I haven't been to China personally, and I don't know how the areas he spends more time in are. But when I went to India, two times I've been there, nothing's done more. 
for my overall perspective of life than visiting there because no matter what as humans are nature is going to be to become complacent oh, i believe yes yes and i don't i don't i don't necessarily blame people for that but i think a little bit more world perspective it doesn't mean that you need to feel better about yourself because there are people less fortunate of you but it kind of does mean that in a way right it's like be grateful at least be thankful oh we 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 as a nation i would say not everybody but we as a nation are some selfish entitled and and all of us go through it it's not to say that i don't you keep your, yeah, like I said before, it's like you don't keep your perspective every day. But the simplest things that we have, you know, actually Louis C.K. did like a great stand-up on it where he's like, imagine some guy like on his, you know, in an airplane being like, God damn it, the Wi-Fi is so slow. He's like, I know. what are you bitching about? You are flying on a metal tube through yes. the sky and you will be from this part of the country to this part of the country in four hours. That perspective is so lost, though. Well, I think it's because people aren't grounded anymore, right? People, but how do you get, how do you remind I, people of that? I, you know, Cody, I don't know. Let's see. Cody, have you been, like, what's your experience with Third World? Uh, I haven't been to many. I lived in Japan for a little while. I wouldn't call that third world no, that's at a, all. That's more for, I'll tell you right now, I've been to Japan. Japan I, is more first you, world than America has first I'm, world. Smartest people I, in the that's world. Exactly it's where I was, that's, the, that's exactly where I was going with it. That is more, uh, they, they say we're we're leading everything. That's, that could be more untrue. Yeah, that's where um, they, so, Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Tokyo, that's, that's, that's where Han, But I, I honestly haven't starred. had much experience in third world, so um, well, I haven't, I haven't been I'll tell you what the greatest thing that some of my friends, have, some of my friends have done, um, my really good friend who we had on the podcast, Blaine Anderson and Dave Pinnegar, they do a, uh, wheelchair thing where they go down to a third world country for Thanksgiving and they spend the week giving wheelchairs to people that don't have them that are literally like walking around yeah. on their hands. And they do that with their kids for Thanksgiving to give thanks. That's to amazing. Others. And where where do they like uh, what they went to Dominican Republic and they spent a week down there just serving. I mean that's humbling, right? That's I think people need to have these humbling experiences to realize how good they have it here. Oh man, we're so spoiled. Oh, 100%. Sometimes when I'm having a super frustrated day, like I am losing my mind, I have to remember why I'm upset. Like, exactly. I was shooting a gun and the scope wasn't working <laughs> and I was like losing it and I'm like at least have a scope to be angry about. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. You know? I mean, Cody, have you ever, I mean, you want to chime in on that? Uh, I haven't experienced a lot of that stuff. Like I said, man, I've been pretty pretty sheltered with my life as far as where I've lived Damn, and, Cody, and what's Cody's, going on. Cody's like, man, well, dude, geez. you guys sound really depressing, but my <laughs> shit is like... No, not, not dude, at all. I'm telling you right now, I'm just kick killing it every day. <laughs> no, fuck, I'm it's actually messing. the opposite like I, I feel like and i've talked to i've actually talked to brock and I've, even my employer like hey i want to go out to dominican and some of these places to go see yeah. you know what it's about and, and and watch the kids that we get and see what they go through and all that oh, stuff yeah, like that's something that i want to do you do because i have to deal with them yeah you do deal with not, not the deal D. with them but work with them right yeah, you i get work to work with, the with them yeah yeah and no there's cubans and right and they're i mean and it's yeah. But that's, I think, what it is. It's like when you, uh, you know, in Houston, we have uh, 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 Yuli, and he, uh, yeah. you know, Yuli, and he, uh, yeah, Gurriel. Yeah, and he, uh, and his brother uh, are uh, big stars here, and 
you know, I think I watched a little clip about him or his brother and, um, you know, it, 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 it's, um, it's just awesome. You know, like those guys always seem to have the best outlook on life and it's almost like we could be a little jealous of them, right? Like they came from like, these humble beginnings, but look at them now, but more than that, it's like, look at, look at their, uh, just look, look at their attitudes, you know? Yeah. we. I think Brock and I talked about this on an earlier one. Like those guys come over here as a whole and like their entire time they're over here. It's a, it's a party kind of, you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. the way their personality is and the way they, their love and passion is for, for the game and for life. Um, but it's like, those, those kids are fun, man. They make, they make it enjoyable and they, they, uh, it's a different, I would say completely different vibe than we get from, you know, a lot of the American guys. No, totally. Um, cool. But it's it's fun to be around for sure. Right. So back. To, I don't think I got the question answered from Tony. I'm sorry. We digress. Digress. We, we went to oh. Adisha's middle but name think, is digress. But by the way, I think that was a good digression. I, I think I it was good. Uh, that was a good one. That it wasn't. A, it, it was. It was better than the Doogie Howser Fast and Furious digression. No, there was still a Fast and Furious. Uh, that we yeah. Han made an appearance. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you're. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So. What, are you, I, like I said, I do not want to know what you made, but give me a, a pay range for you, the consultant. Probably under 100. Under, maybe around 100, I would say. And the next is now? Manager. Manager. And how long? <laughs> You're going to make him tell, tell us how much he gets paid right no, now. No, 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 no. I don't want I'd like that. To, I'd like to know. No, I want to know <laughs> how long that stint ran as the you know your Folks, corporate America ladder. To, now you're on step four of the ladder, right? Uh, I wouldn't count intern as a step. I would, <laughs> I would say stepped on analyst, consultant, it's manager, more like parking garage. Yeah, yeah. Because not everyone's an intern, right? Some people just join as an analyst. Yeah. So it's not really a step. So you're on step three. Step three, manager. You know, you, you make over six now. Um, responsibilities change, right? So you're still kind of in the day-to-day doing things, but and now you're overseeing What year are you in, in the manager position? How many years have you been there at this point? Uh, I think I stayed manager for maybe three years. But how many years did it take you to get to manager? Mm, four or five, I think. Well, you, I, I think three you, or four. Three or four. You probably worked that ladder faster than the average person. Yeah, I was lucky. Because I think mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm just guessing based on my math, my little bit of math, the, on the average American to get to six figures, it would be six to seven years. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like I said, hard work, being lucky, and then especially with consulting, you're working with different projects and clients. So if you're on a good project, you know, it works out. If you're not on a good project, it's a little tougher. Yeah. Anyways, I realized that was my phone. I'm sorry, guys. Apparently, I got a text message. Brock's a popular man. <laughs> I can I put? I didn't hear it. Silent mode. Apparently. Oh, Atish is going to help me. Atisha's IT. You know. IT Atisha. <laughs> so, at manager position. You're... I mean, you know, if you want to pay me six figures to click the little button on the side of your <laughs> iPhone, I'm more than happy to. I, I am a train wreck. But well, no I way. think I need somebody cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> a teacher's worth every penny. Rupee. Oh, totally. Every rupee. Every Dude, rupee. You, you're welcome on the podcast anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, to do Just, what? To interrupt? 
No, really. Oh, really, so, you are. You're we, need, we need interruptions every once in a while. Like, I love it. I love the interruptions. And Tony's perfect because he just sits there and lets well, a teach Tony, do his Tony, thing. Tony and I are the yin and yang. Yeah. We're the inspiration. We're like the less lame version of Harold and Kumar. <laughs> like, you know, it's a stereotype everyone goes to when they see us, but it works for a reason. And it's very accurate. It's actually, the movie's pretty accurate of how we are. Both I think liar. it's true. You know, corporate America and then the yeah. guy that just smokes weed all the time. I smoke weed. I can't even smoke. I can't even smoke weed all the time. I have asthma. First of all, I have asthma and I will show you. Sure, asthma. Also has glaucoma. Glaucoma. Yeah, I also have a lot of Stress cat. Does your cat have glaucoma too? Yeah. My cat is 13 years old. I have three cats. If we're on the cat portion of the show, everyone turn your mics off because I'm going to take it over. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to have to have the cat talk on a different episode. Okay. Okay. Because okay. that might take. That might be something nobody on this earth wants to listen to. There's some people that's just probably. It's me. It's you. I, I'm going to have like 200 downloads and they'll all be from a t-shirt. <laughs> they'll, all be from, they'll all be from huge cat fans. Hell, hey, all you cat. pushing the numbers up. We're good. Yeah. What, what's uh, that? Carol Baskin? How, oh, hey, oh, all oh, cats and kittens. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's just. Oh, I mean, whoa, hold on. Whoa. Well, Don't bring her into this. Don't bring her into this. Just by your hole. I mean, I'm all. Listen. I don't know if I can say this, but. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to hold back. You don't know if you can say it, and you really can't say it. Can you, I mean, can you guys track where your listeners are coming from? Because you might have an influx of folks from, uh, what is that, Bombay? Mumbai. 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 Yeah, I don't know yeah, if I'm big Mumbai. in Mumbai yet. We're going to have to see. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to find out after this podcast. Atish. I don't know. I'm like, Tony and I are going to have to go over there and hold some pinkies and walk down the... That's how bros do it over there. That's how bros do it? Dude, yeah. Like, uh, in India, the uh, it's culturally appropriate to like have a pinky with your bro and just you know you know like what does that mean it's just two bros like if you and i were just hanging out and walking down the street is that what they say over there we're just bros no it's not it's not like any sexual connotation at all are you sure i mean we can try it if you want but i just want to know why i don't dude i would you honestly like what's the why for that i promise i really don't know pinky promise you're not gonna tell what anybody like what you just did that's what's going on i mean i'm witnessing it right now between i pinky promise i pinky promise the tease exactly you won't tell your wife and i won't tell my wife i'm telling you right now oh he got a video gosh dang it i'm telling you like the it's just uh, goes to tell you, like, you don't understand how small, uh, like, your culture actually is in well, the world. I'll tell you what. Like, there are just so many things that if you, even just India, I'm just using one example because it's an example I know, but Tony can probably tell you a thousand from when he visits China, but, and it's not to say that the American way is always the right way. he was two and a half years old when he moved over, he remembers a lot. No, he's gone back more than I've gone back to India. He's been he's been back as recently as the last three or four years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're the one that brought At it two over. and a half, he probably started <laughs> training over there or whatever. I know. Oh, your family? I was actually back in uh, November of Wu- 2019. What's that place called? Wutong? Wuhan. 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 Did you get sprayed down with chlorine? Oh. You got on the bus? I'll bring that up either. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Touchy subject, but I don't believe Tony <laughs> brought right Tony. Now. Tony didn't bring it in. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And, and once again, I digress from Atisha's rambling. 
But we appreciate a teacher. Why do rambling. I keep getting blamed for the host's ramblings? <laughs> the host? He just goes <laughs> off into I got blamed for there. Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> and Han and Tokyo Drift and. There's a lot of Doogie ADHD Howler. in this room right now. Yeah, between you and me, there is a lot of ADHD. Oh, dude. Yeah. And, and Ryer. Ryer's. Uh, Ry- if he had the microphone down, he'd be joined right in. He'd be all in on this. And Tony and uh, Cody are like, I don't know where I'm at right now. This is like the vortex. <laughs> <laughs> so you took you five years, four to five years to get the manager. Mm-hmm. And then what's the next? I'm, I'm just curious. I want to go through the ladder progressions of corporate America because I've never met anybody that's actually done it. So I want, I'm very interested. Are you done? Have you done it? <laughs> I feel you're, like you're climbing the ladder, I, I'm dude. I'm still in it. Dude, you know? are you the CEO? Oh, my God. You're you climbing. need to be. But he's climbing. He's climbing. That's all that's important. I'm trying that, to climb. The rungs are getting farther and farther apart. So, okay. You're still Where young. are you at now? So I'm a senior manager now. So, wait. Did that go from manager to senior manager? Yeah, so that's another ladder step. And then... After senior manager, it's managing director. Which, ooh. Ooh. ooh, that sounds ooh. sexy. Oh yeah. When you get director in there, uh huh, and you're directing something. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, what's the benefits? <laughs> corporate America, like, 401k pension. Do you have health, like, great health insurance? Like, tell me about the benefits. I mean, health insurance is guaranteed, right? Like, massages Obviously. every day? No, there's no massages. Bro, like. why didn't you ask me about my health benefits? <laughs> Pedicures. He's like... Because <laughs> I already know, like, dude, you're the son, dude. You don't get nothing like me, okay? <laughs> Rock, me. Rock, my son ain't getting no. He's working at the PDI. He's working in the back, and he ain't getting nothing. Rock, Rock. Below... Brock's well, lived my story, so he's just like, yeah, dude, yeah, I know you're getting shit. Listen, yeah. you, what, you want to you wanna sleep over there? Sure, <laughs> sleep over there, but clean it when you're done. Yeah. Oh, God. So, what? tell me about the benefits. Cause uh, I'm, typical like, health insurance. Uh, we have a 401k plan where they actually match a certain percentage that you put in, so that's pretty nice. And then, you know, because we're a publicly traded company, uh, we can also put a portion of our salary in there, and then they'll match that as well or they'll give us a discount actually what, what's the what's the match so basically you can say hey i want to put in anywhere between one to ten percent of my salary of my payroll they'll match up to ten percent and well for the stock portion it's they'll give you a 15 percent discount on the stock whoa for so, for their company for that yeah because they're a public traded company. damn can you get a 15 percent discount on any stock <laughs> i wish <laughs> i'm interested what about do you have a 401k to them i do and do what do they match up to? So you can put in anywhere between uh, anywhere up to six percent, and they'll match six percent. That's big. Yeah, that is a big yeah. match. That's pretty good. Because uh, I offered it to my employees at three percent, and no one took it. So whatever. It's you need to do some employee education with your yeah. employees. I do. I have I'll take. Thing. Hey, I'll take it. Here's some free money. No, thanks. I'm good. I, I wanted my employees, like, I wanted to really teach them about financial save. Oh, we got to teach making out with this what cat. What is that? It's his cat, dude. He's literally kissing the cat. Is this not me. professional? This is kind of weird. Can you please get video of this? Oh, we got Freaking the. We got it. We got it. The fat, That's my baby girl. We got Dominic Toretto over here making out with a cat. That's, I just wanted a picture of me kissing my cat. At some point. Yeah. Well, it's going to be on social media now. Okay. Well, Tony, I know you don't think your story is impressive, but that is, I'm telling you, like, what you did is a very difficult path. 
It's a lot more difficult than you give it credit for. He knows it's difficult. Like, <laughs> I'm freaking a teach. He He's like talking crap. You're, dude. Just <laughs> He's like, You're just over here, like Tony tells us every day how difficult. Oh bullshit! Was. I tell but, you every day. Like, but to, like I've, I've, I got friends that are I'm like, just giving Tony shit. I, I got friends that are like, I want to do the corporate ladder. I'm like, do you? Yeah. Do you? Oh, it's like, tough. Do you understand like what you're gonna have to go through? And yeah. they, they're like two years in, they're out. They're like. Working at yeah. discount tires because you, you ain't on top. Until hey, you I just like I said, whenever top. I worked at a very corporate structure, it did not flow with me, and that's why anytime because it did. Yeah, dude, but I'm saying it. You're you're exactly right. Like some of this attitude and patience you have to have to be in that is very very underappreciated. Oh, totally underappreciated. So I, I actually think, agree, even though I'm giving Tony shit. I totally agree with you. I mean, yeah, the like, amount of patience I have to deal with a Tish is also true. underappreciated. And you, <laughs> and, hey, you, hey, Tony and I are business partners. We've been business partners for 10 so years. So let's talk about that. You guys started something together. Yeah, At what point in your careers did you do this? Uh, so when when he was what? Uh, analyst. Yeah, no, an analyst. No, analyst consultant. So so you obviously are saving money. You're being responsible. Atish is saving money, being responsible, nope. or he's blowing his parents' money. I don't know. <laughs> that's, Maybe that's more both. like it. Tony's, a respons- Tony's responsible like, for both uh, of us. CrossFit Village. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, um, <laughs> we're going to put this on the, this account. Yeah, so Atish and I actually met at Houston, Houston CrossFit Houston, um, here in Houston, Texas, obviously. And... We worked out there together for a couple years, and somehow we had this bright idea to open Did up you our guys own hold place. Pinkies? Every day during the workout, <laughs> yeah. uh, amazing. It was required during pull-ups. We would pull-ups. actually hand over hand. We're like, yeah, yeah you're like pinky wow. rolling. This is a group. This is a team workout. Let's practice holding pinkies. No, I mean, it, it, but it really was kind of like uh, taking the you know at that time a little bit of hotel development experience I had, and kind of as simple as googling no. CrossFits in Houston. And you're like, dude, we could kill this. No, and just looking at how many there were and where they were and what areas were underserved that might, you know, cross what might appeal to them. And that's really what all it was. And we just talked about it. And You guys are a perfect team. You think about it. You got the infrastructure part of, like, knowing underserved areas and knowing how to build a building and all that. And and he knows how to put systems into place and know Mm -hmm. how to make it run efficient. Well, yeah, for, like, for, you know, pack uh, signups and, and, and going online and being able to buy a package and, and, and all the technical stuff, you know, Tony definitely knows way more than I do when it comes to that stuff. And when there's phone calls and stuff, they come to me. And uh, as you can tell from this You're the constant interruptions, service? I will... Atisha's the call center. Yeah, and it's in my place. I'm the call center. I call. I give them a fake name of an ex-president. I say, I'm Abraham. And and they really appreciate it because they think we're such a big operation that we have to have a call center. And then they do. Do you really give them the accent? No, I do not. You should. Hello, I am from Vietnam. No. Hello, this is Vietnam. I I would like to know what's better, Brock's. Vietnamese impression or his Joe, Joe Pesci, Pesci impression? Because I think they're both equally bad. I think his Vietnamese impression is much, much worse, actually, because I have Vietnamese friends. And I... I Some people may think I'm drunk. I'm not. <laughs> he just this, hasn't hung out with a lot of Vietnamese uh, people. Is this what it is, is my artist. This is artist uh, Abraham Lincoln. How can this I help you today? sound like a... You sound like a drunk Mario from Luigi and Mario, like Mario Brothers. <laughs> Mario, this is my name is Mario. <laughs> this is a completely an Italian accent. Can we all agree this on that? Is, this is Mario. Hey, How yo, can I help you? Oh, 
you you have problem with weights. I I will write this down. <laughs> Let me help you with the weights. <laughs> okay, Mario. <laughs> I know. It, so what would be a normal call for you? Oh, I mean, I'm always like when I get a call, I'm always call. sort of curious why. Do you give them like the wait? I got it. wait before yeah, go we ahead. before we get really crazy with this. Are do you like do you put in place what like all the big gyms do like oh you want to um cancel that's cool you have to sign this send no. it back and then they sign it you send it back and be like oh well you didn't do it correctly fill out this other one which is identical and have it notarized and send it back no, oh, no wait, we don't accept that notary no <laughs> I don't really do that because for Tony and myself as we've discussed we have other jobs so you don't have time we, for it we well the you know. Our our CrossFit business isn't... It's a pursuit of passion. Yeah, exactly. We don't really make much money, if any, from it. And it's... Are you profitable? Yeah, I mean, profitable as in we can pay the bills. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you, <laughs> you, are you losing can, money? Profitable no, no, no we, don't is, lose, we don't lose money. We're that, and that's We're, fine. Like, but, but, but there's my, a lot of people but, but that you, have stuff like that, no, but, you know. Yeah, but I, but my, my, I guess my point is that it sounds like cheesy and cliche to say, but it really is a passion for us. We, I wouldn't know you. If exactly. it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be on this podcast. Because Wes. Yeah. That's and, where you met Wes. Yeah. It, well, exactly. And I met, uh, obviously, Tony at CrossFit before we had our own. I met my wife at CrossFit. I mean, it's hard to beat that. Well, so it's crazy how the past met because I met, I was friends with Andy Stump. Friends with Andy Stump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he. Well, who I've, I've met. Who you yeah, met. Yeah, you yeah, guys all awesome, met. Yeah. And my path was through John to Wes. You guys was Wes, John, me. Yeah, Wes, yeah. Andy, John. Yeah. Wes, Andy, John. Yeah, yeah. Right. all pass lead through Andy. So it's it's interesting. And man. I really do. I really have a lot of respect for Andy. He has opened so many doors for me that I would never have opened if it wasn't for him. Yeah. So I will no, forever be loyal, and will always have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And you kind of have to because I think he knows like how to kill a man with like oh, a dude, karate know, chop to the ankle or something. Baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. When he's when he holds your pinky, you might, <laughs> <laughs> like, you might not have a pinky. Yeah, you, you better like be careful with your he pinky. He also might murder you with the same pinky you're <laughs> yeah, holding. Yeah, exactly. He could like have this pinky move where all of a sudden you're dead. You just 100%. like he's holding your pinky and then you just fall over. Party's over. <laughs> Party's over. Like lights out. <laughs> he steps on your head and it's over. <laughs> yeah. And no one, and it's clean. He walks away. He, he gets away with it. <laughs> you were really like talking about rabbit holes. You went down the Andy Stump murdered yeah. me rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So how long have you guys been doing the CrossFit Village? Eight, eight, yeah. eight years. Twenty eleven, right? Twenty eleven. No. So nine years. <laughs> Ten years. Holy shit! Yeah. Dude, years. Come on, catch up. And, uh, we're on year. We're we're we're, we're nine and a half years into it, which. And you know, it's like COVID, man. You made it through COVID. Well, it's oh, now you're gonna send me down another rabbit hole. No, no, I'm just asked. Did you so, make it through it? That's all you. Have we to did. We we have so far. Um, we're we're blessed to be in a state where our governor gives us opportunity to keep our doors open as a small business. So mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. Well, good job, man. That is well, amazing. I think we're also lucky because, like you said, we have other jobs, right? So we've been blessed and fortunate enough where crossfit hasn't been our only primary source of income yeah and so we've been able to keep our doors open for our clients yeah you don't have to produce so much income well and you don't expect too much profit yeah 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 well and 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 
another thing to keep in mind is that, that during could be a perfect place to hide all the purchases you don't you're, you don't <laughs> want to let your wife know about. Uh, no, she they they know like, my my wife knows all, so I don't I don't hide, I don't hide. By anymore. the way, that is the best <laughs> way to live. Yeah, I see so many dudes are like, oh man, don't tell the wife. It's like no. You're, she has all my passwords. Like, if you're hiding stuff from your I'm, wife, there's yeah. only... That's I, just, I have to ask what mine are. I have to ask her what mine <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I don't even... Yeah, I was totally... I was like... I call her up and like, hey, I have to wire money. Um, How do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> and she checks, like, I get a phone... If I use the, her credit card, it, I will get a phone call within, like, 10 minutes of her... Uh, what'd you buy? <laughs> Like what? What is this for? What do you think? What, who do you think you are? <laughs> like I don't know. I'm Brock White. <laughs> yeah. Anytime a, Meredith wants to buy a t-shirt, anything, she calls me first and is like, "Hey, where should I get this?" Nice. Why does she nice, do that? Nice, nice. Ask her. So this is part of the deep, the deep-seated like cultural cheap-ass nature of Asians and Indians. Yeah. But Wait, I'll let him you, explain. Do you run it? Are are you the typical cheap-ass? Uh, no, I'm definitely not. I, would you say I'm cheap? I'm not uh, cheap. He's frugal. Well, what, frugal? well, okay. It's a, and I think Tony, I know Tony will understand this, but it's the you like it's this like thing that's burned into your soul from a young age as an Indian and I believe Chinese Asian person that if you buy something and you find it for a, a like a better deal later, like you overpaid for it, a part of your soul just dies. Hundred percent, and I'm not being dramatic. Like it, just like you just feel like you took twenty dollars and set it on fire and just said "fuck you, money," and, <laughs> and you know it's like, and and that that is still as much. I spend so much money on so much stupid shit that you shouldn't spend. What's the last stupid thing you bought? Shit, what's the last thing I bought? Who knows? I mean, uh, I so bought this shit. glass. <laughs> stupid. That, it's not stupid because you're using it. I mean, stupid you know, stuff's like you don't use it. I guess what I'm saying is like, I mean, there's probably plenty of that too. But you know, like we talked about earlier, uh, Cody and I were talking about shoes. You know, you don't need, dude. I have probably hey. two or three pairs of Jordans I have not even put on yet, and co- it's what Cody's size, fault probably. What size of feet do you have? Two or three hundred <laughs> pairs. Of no. What, what size of feet do you have? <laughs> oh, uh, ten and a half. Perfect. I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like three pairs of those and uh you know it's it's just but the next pair comes out and you're like god i gotta have those but you really i don't need to have those i'm not selling them i don't even for, go anywhere you can sell them to me for 50 percent off it's not <laughs> I, don't go, I don't want that's a, that's a, the last thing an indian wants to okay, do okay fine i'll pay full price just stop <laughs> freaking out i don't want you to feel like you have to freak out that's part of your bloodline you have to freak out no no you're gonna change it no i mean change. he freaked out on his wife buying him this Beautiful decanter of, <laughs> that we're drinking wine. No, out of at right first now. I had a little panic, like, "Oh wait, how much was should, I, wait? How much was this?" Let me let me preface this. Preface that this part by telling that that I'm in the wrong there. I know that. Oh, perfect. That's the first thing to. <laughs> My wife is always right. Yes. Yes. Smart. That's a smart man. And so I would. I've too. gotten a little better about it, but she's also on her side gotten better about asking Tony. Oh, cool. Because when she wants something, she's like, hey, Tony, find me this deal. And Tony finds the best deal. And if someone just puts that stamp of Tony approval on it, I don't even, I don't even worry about it. I'm like, <laughs> man, this thing is going to be the best price it's ever going to be if Tony was involved. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Hey, hey so um, what's, your, what is your, what's your favorite pair of Jordans? Uh, I have a pair of the rookie of the year. I don't have any, like, crazy, like, I don't have any of those, like, thousand dollars yeah so i have a pair of the rookie it's just your favorite your favorite yeah the rookie of the years they're like these uh jordan ones that have like this cool little 
I don't even know, like tan kind of like suede leather on the yep. front. But they have his like rookie. The thing, that, the detail I like about him is that on the inside they have his like rookie statistics. It's pretty cool, pretty cool pair of jewelry. Yeah, right. That's pretty cool. I love yeah, those. They are. Yeah, I love those. They're kind of like a, a tan, tan front. Yeah, I kind of think I'm like Air Jordan. You know? Oh like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's a, a, yeah. That, me and him share a lot of same characteristics. This is reminding me of the conversation we had earlier about people who brag about <laughs> yes. something. I'm telling you, because I look nothing like Jordan. I'm a stumpy sucker. You're you're joking. That's why it's funny. But it's stumpy, dude. Yeah, Jordan is. It's like funny how in our in our culture and and uh, even more as we move forward, it's like that. Like that's become like the like you know if you're the Jordan or something, that's like the adjective to describe the. You're the, just the best. The goat. But it, yeah, exactly. The, You're the goat. goat. The goat. Like I saw the goat last night. I saw the goat. Of Kim- he Kim- was the goat. And 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 you know what's kind of it, it's like that. I wonder if you guys have that same kind of like conflict. Maybe not you, Ryer, because you're like 22 years old. But 25. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Ryer's, Ryer is a let's Cody. How old on. are you? I'm almost 45. Okay, you you can talk. Oh, Ryer's Cody, talking. Ryer's talking. Here we go. If you guys are going to talk about me, I will allow myself to talk so I can defend myself. All right, <laughs> I will not allow Brock to say bad things about me. Okay, well, tell me what you're one of two. Tell of me then. about how, hey, since you're 25, tell me about how LeBron is the GOAT. <laughs> I, no, but we're, not saying, we're not getting in that discussion. Why not? Because because there's no discussion to have. Yes. That's have yeah, that's why I totally agree. I'm on. I am on Cody's side. Are you on Cody's side? 100. percent I'm not. 18 Does years old. Tony have an opinion about this? <laughs> I guess <laughs> Tony He's doesn't not even answer. Tony doesn't have an opinion on this. I, was, I guess I was that's a, for him. I'm going to take that as a no. What Tony, Tony doesn't give a shit. That's where Tony's at on this. Mm-hmm. Tony, here's here's my opinion on it. I'll, <laughs> Whether anybody cares or not, I'm giving it. I do. Um, <laughs> Let's hear so, it. So, Jordan is undoubtedly the greatest player um, ever. You can argue with me all you want. You're wrong. <laughs> Damn, that is a good but point. This, huh, this is a humble like, opinion. Humble. No, it, here's the deal. Like, if, if you put and now LeBron athletically is probably as good as anybody's ever been, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He he's, be. got, he's got as, as much talent as anybody, but he doesn't have the mentality that Jordan or Kobe had. Agree. As far I as, completely as far agree. As I that, that killer instinct. That's if exa- you try to put LeBron in basketball in the 80s and 90s with the Pistons or the Lakers or somebody that's going to take his head off every time down the court, he won't do it. He oh, yeah. flops around. And, and I say that like with all due respect, he's undoubtedly like one, one of the greats. But like if he, the way he flops around now and like acts and like is so dramatic about stuff, like yeah. – in the eighties or, or early nineties, he would have he would have just got killed. Well, I mean, and, plus he's I losing mean, his physically, hair. strength wise, and he's kind of bald. he's actually gaining it back. I think. I think no, he's, he's gaining, gaining it back, it back or <laughs> getting plugs. <laughs> well, I think. Well, that's kind I think of your my point, point. You think he's I wearing think the laser you made, cap? The point you made about <clears throat> Kobe was a good one, actually. You know what? I think I noticed watching. Welcome to the Atish and Cody show. What well, we're talking about? Right. This is a sport. I said Kobe. Kobe. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Kobe. But I think Kobe like had that killer mentality and maybe wasn't quite at the all around skill set of the, LeBron. The Mamba. But he had that, and I think Jordan just had both. You know, I think that's the best. I've I think heard of here's it. the problem with Kobe. He was a little. He he got. I feel like he was a baby. Jordan never. He only. He took accountability for everything. Yeah, I agree. He made himself better. But you don't think LeBron, LeBron's a baby? I think he's a total baby. I think he's a guy that shops teams and finds championships oh, with yeah, shopping a team. 
And like that just didn't happen back well, when Jordan was I mean, He shops teams. He goes uh, a yeah, like hundred percent. Free agency changed a little bit too. We <clears throat> talked about this yesterday. Like free agency has changed a little bit too, right? So the yeah. ability to go to other teams has changed. But I mean, if you like the flu game, right? That Jordan had, or oh, yeah. Kobe torn Achilles, where he goes out. Hundred percent. Yeah, good example. Like those, and then LeBron and then didn't LeBron get like things. carted off the field for cramps one time? He got carted off for cramps. Yeah, they did he need Spurs. some idol against the Spurs? Remember, <laughs> they like, had to carry him yeah, off. It was all dramatic. And cause Jeez, good thing you didn't have to have a baby, mm. man. That's a good point, though. Jeez, carted so off those, for cramps. For me, for me, that's why he's the greatest. Uh, you know, skill set wise, you know, the other two are, are probably, you know. Brock's, have as much I mean, talent, as much just, athletic ability. I just totally you know, love Brock's things, loving my tangents right now. I just now can't believe that. Cole, <laughs> I just can't believe LeBron got carted off for cramps. You got to look at the highlight. Oh so we've covered on my ADHD. So he was a little trip. bit. He he was fast and furious. He, was, he did. Ryer, hold on. Hold on. Did Ryer jump in on this since since you jumped on? Ryer. Ooh, Ryer. He said since you're going to talk to me. Uh, I thought no, I, I thought somebody was going to like make fun of me. I uh, I don't follow basketball, so uh, I'm not a good person right, to jump right. on this. Just say oh, just well, say that LeBron hey, is the goat. We'll, we'll there, just all fight you. The, there's there's something we need to talk about with Ryer right now. This is, is there serious? What? This is really serious. Are you ready? I don't. How are your feelings emotionally right now? I feel like I'm pretty stable, but um, I am not Michael Scott, and I'm not ready to be hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ryer. Ryer, how long you been in the hunting um, hunting arena? I think I five or six years. I've been uh, I've been working in this industry. I just want to give Ryer a shout out. He killed his first oh, yeah. deer two days ago. Congratulations! Yes. Thank you. And Congratulations! He chose coming out here with us. And then, who did you have clean your deer out for you? It it's a, it's a team effort. And well, no, the how, deer. Well, the the deer is cleaned itself. The deer is yeah. to the coyote. I wish. <laughs> the coyotes clean. <laughs> the coyotes clean that thing. Hey, you clean. Sh- you- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Now people are going to be like, "Wow, that guy has no respect for the outdoors." <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Okay, so we're fucking. Around. So, so the the deer has already been gutted, and I took all the meat and had it in coolers. And before you called me on Friday at ten a.m., I gave you plenty of time. By the you way, you did not. Uh, I my plans were to go and, and process all that meat and make it into uh, burger and steaks and stuff, and so I had it in the in the cooler in the back of my truck getting ready to do that. And then you called me, and we're like, "Hey, can you get on a plane yesterday?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, "For sure, Brock." And so here we are. Dude, uh, but but dude, Caleb, t- Caleb went and took care of the meat. Caleb's a man, dude. Caleb oh, yeah. The good man. for Caleb. And I I, say the good for what what was the feeling that you had when you pulled that trigger? Honestly, it was like I I really just wanted to know that I killed the deer. Also. Like, that was how, the most overwhelming feeling. Like, did I make a good shot? How hard was it to find it in the scope? Because people, the tra- the wheels come off the train when the animal steps out with horns. And they're like, I can't find it in the scope. I can't find it. So, I think, I mean... I think for me, it was a little different because over the past five years, uh, I've been on a lot of hunts, Yeah, which is kind of the interesting thing about my story. Um, so for me, like I'm accustomed to seeing animals, seeing big animals with, with horns and I'm always filming them. So I'm pretty used to like finding them, getting yeah. on them, staying on them. So for me, that was, that wasn't too hard. 
Um, what was more difficult for me was trying to just make sure that I was thinking about the right things and putting, I uh, shot the deer with a rifle, so making sure that I was doing everything that I could was to make sure you? that I was, uh, Clay. Clay? Clay. Yeah, it was Clay and I. Uh, did Clay, like, did he make things, did he get you more excited or less excited? Sometimes the person with you can <laughs> get you more excited. So for. Freak you out a little bit. So the first deer I shot was a doe, um, and, and she she ca- she came in really quick, and you just played the he he down. actually helped me because as as a new hunter, and as somebody hunting with a rifle, like normally most of the hunts I've been on have been archery, and so uh, usually what you're waiting for is a good broadside shot, yeah. um, but the doe was like walking straight at us, and because I'm always <clears> accustomed <throat> to hunters waiting for that broadside shot, that's what I was waiting for in my brain, yeah. and he just whispered to me, he's like you want me to stop or shoot her right in the chest and i was it like clicked yeah. like hey oh i can i've got a rifle i can do that um, thing rules don't all yeah rifles. like a like a straight on shot i mean that's a good shot to take with a rifle yeah. and so i didn't she went 50 yards in the woods and, and, and piled died up, piled up um that so was, like if he was if proud he of you making an ethical shot right if if he wasn't there i would i would have not taken that shot then and she may have <clears> never turned broadside or so I may have, I missed just, that opportunity, but always take the opportunity when it's given to you. Yeah, and then with the buck, um, with the buck, he almost got me like more excited because I I, <laughs> I was try I was more like usually I was when horns are coming <laughs> out, yeah, people get how, like, funny oh my that. gosh, giant, <laughs> giant Ryan, giant, don't miss this, don't screw it up. Yeah, so well, a doe came out first that evening, and I was like. I was going to shoot her. <laughs> and like, so I was talking to Clay. Out. I was talking to Clay. I said, okay, should I shoot her? And he goes, well, it's we still have 45 minutes, and you killed a deer yesterday. We can wait for 15 and see if something else comes out. He said, there's a buck that's been running around in this area. And I said, okay, um, we'll wait. And I just we were watching her, and then sure enough, this buck stepped out. And then um, I could definitely feel a difference in adrenaline mm-hmm. when that happened, when the did buck came out. Did you feel um, like it was you versus him? I, like I don't. There's some things on the line here. It's I two way range. I felt like I wanted to shoot him. Mm. <laughs> you got yeah. a little bit that's of it. An- that's actually a good, an- great answer. Yeah, I felt like I wanted to shoot him. You just want it more. Yeah. yeah. And did you say game over when you shot? No, <laughs> I I watched him and then I turned to Clay and asked him what he thought of the shot. Like honestly, the first thing that went through my head after shooting both those animals was wanting to make sure that my shot was good. Yep. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. That's how I am, too. Like, and and, and I, told, I told him, like, I wanted him there filming yeah. because as, as a guy who films hunts for a living, um, I've seen how valuable it is to have that video of a shot, to know where that shot was, was placed, if it was a good shot, and that information really helping make a decision whether or not to go look for the deer immediately, wait, or maybe giving you peace of mind that that shot wasn't lethal. Yeah. Um, so I told him on both those hunts, I said, hey, if, if we don't film this for anything, but just for my peace of mind, like I want you to film this so I know where where I hit. And so that was huge for me. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. Because if you weren't there filming my elk hunt, no one would ever believe me. That's, that yeah, you're out. You're, the shot that happened on your elk is the – probably one of the more insane shots i've seen yeah i i for totally, sure is this I told, the magic arrow the i totally planned that 
Yeah, this is the magic era. Explain the magic era. Explain this to the audience. This is kind of like the magic bullet. Yeah, back explain, in the day explain it. Kennedy? Okay. Explain the situation, Ryer. How far back do you want me to go? Just like we, so when I, Brock was born. Yeah, so I, there I was. <laughs> a warm spring day. No, no, a warm fall day. I started crowning. No, okay. Um, <laughs> hey, you guys brought me there. I stepped it up. All right, Dominic. Tangent. So, so basically all morning we had been into elk, and about, what would you say, 10 minutes before you killed your elk, we had had an encounter that was, and we blew very, that was very close, and the elk that we had encountered was just a little too small, and so we had to pass, and so we walked down this hill kind of like not expecting any elk to be there. We had assumed that all of the elk that were in that area <laughs> had 400 elk blew, yeah. blown out like a train. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we were just kind of walking, and we we go down this hill, and um, our guy just stops dead in his tracks. Brock runs into the back of him, and I run into the back of Brock like a cartoon. And <laughs> and he goes, there's an elk. And so uh, it takes a couple minutes just to figure out what the elk is and if it's big enough to shoot uh, Brock. Uh, I, I Brock, looked at him and said, I'm game. Well, I was like, I was in. I think you said that for a lot of elk, didn't you? No, <laughs> no dude, no. The uh, the guide was he would freak out, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, and I'd be like, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, I knew right. one of you. I that knew, sounds like not true. I knew no, one. No, I I didn't. I, he true. would freak out, and I love him, Rick. He just gets a little pumped up. It gets pretty excited. And he gets like, very excited. Oh man, shoot him! And he, this elk's like in my face, like ten yards straight in my face. He's like shoot him, shoot him. I'm like, dude, you want me like? I don't even know if a broadhead could go through an elk's skull. <laughs> I mean, if I knew the broadhead went through a skull, I would have shot him, but I couldn't. Yeah, so any, anyways, we both of them agreed that Brock should shoot this bull. And so... It was 75 yards. Yeah, oh, 75 shit. yards. And Wait, we're talking arrow, right? Yeah, archery, he's yeah. archery. Oh. So Brock knocks an arrow, um, gets ready, fires off the first arrow, and, and in the, at the top of the arc of the arrow... if. Those of you who know things about the archery. first shot. This is the yeah, first the shot. First shot at the top of the arch of the arrow was a branch, and it hit hit, hit this branch and launched into cyberspace. And if you look at the shot, it was like oh, dude, it was perfect, perfect. It would attend, it would attend ring you that could, out. You could see it just going. And I just had, and that's the key thing about archery. Everybody, everyone listening, archery is a lot of confidence. Like if you have the confidence, not arrogance. There's a di- yeah. difference yeah, yeah. between arrogance and confidence. You practice, you practice, and I practiced that 90 yards. And I didn't want to shoot that far, but that's just what the shot gave me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dudley built a bow, and he built a perfect bow. So I launched an arrow into outer space, and now it's like... And miraculously, the, the elk did not... Like, it was kind of confused as to what had happened. He's like, and he just kind of kept standing there, and Brock was like, well, I'm going to shoot him again. And so I get Brock knocks knees. a second arrow... Shoot some, shoot. I get on my knees. I'm, I'm just not that dumb to just do the same shot. I get on my knees, which would drop me two feet. Yeah. So you, you, you change angles, shoot again, and at, again at the top of the arrow arc, your arrow hits a branch. No. And, but here's the thing. Okay, so we watched the video. Had it not hit the branch, 10 rings the elk every time, 100%. Yeah. Hits, hits the branch, deflects. Into the butt of the elk whoa, whoa, whoa. and you hits did. hits an artery, and I have never seen blood come out of an animal with such 
It was Amazing a, force. It was a hose. It yeah. was a hose. So he, he, he hit like, a hose. Boom. Wow. Boom. And what, boom. It, what did that run? 20, 20 yards. yards. 40 that yards. Is That's nuts. amazing. And killed over. Well, the, the, you missed the best part of that shot. Why am I telling this story? If I, you're just <laughs> yeah, going to keep stopping me. <laughs> no, no. You, you, Brock double. had his eyes closed the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Brock, <laughs> Brock, Brock doesn't actually know the what The double deflection. That's the, what I just said. No, you did. The, so the, t- we hit the same branch. Hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. It did double deflect. That's what I was trying to get you to say. Jeez. Oh, what? Frank. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a few months. Brock, you could have just told the story. <laughs> no, but I like when Ryer tells it because I sound pretty dumb. Uh, I sound, if, I told the, if I told the story, no one would believe me that I double. Like, cause I still don't believe you. That, and we had it on video. That's why it's important to see. Mm-hmm. You see the arrow launch up like it's going back in outer space, and then it hits another branch and then goes right into his booty. That's perfect. Is this your way of telling us you got lucky as shit? Yes. <laughs> and, but I told you before we started, I planned that shot. Uh-huh. No, I didn't. I got so lucky. It was like one of those moments where I'm like, F word. Oh, my gosh. I freaking killed him. Like, there that's was that. Small, that that's that's like this feeling. relief. This, you know, your, your yeah. face just flushes, right? Because it's like, oh, I am so relieved. I just killed this animal. Oh, dude, because I thought, I just, I just, I'm never going to find this guy. Mm-hmm. That shot's never going. I just shot him in the butt. This is, I'm screwed. Well, it, yeah, it's the worst, you know, that feeling of, oh, I've wounded him now. He, I've wounded uh, him, and it's going to be a chase all week. All I'm going to do is look for this elk that we're never going to find. You're going to be even more stressed every minute and that goes forward. Then all of a sudden, the, <clears throat> the, the hose turned on, and I've never seen so much blood come out of It was an immense man. amount of blood. And I'm like, crazy. You're welcome, Elk. That was an ethical kill. I feel ethical now for the double deflection. Just got sleepy. Yeah. He got sleepy and he fell asleep. <laughs> and then maybe they should change the maybe they should change the, the, the ten ring on the elk for the The booty. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the they booty. they the actually they call that the second heart. Legit <laughs> I'm not lying. Well don't they, the, they right call behind, that a Texas heart shot. The right behind there's that there's that gap between his like guts and his thigh and if you hit him right there that's also a very potent shot <laughs> it will kill him just as fast as right behind his shoulder i've seen it happen well, just yeah. spraying blood well you experience it yeah i experienced yeah, okay. and here's another here's another thing dudley like he really he shoots heavy arrows i don't know if you know that and he said, my bow up with a heavy arrow. If I had not had that heavy arrow, I would not have had the penetration. I would not have hit that artery. So I believe that luck, you only get lucky yeah. is if you're prepared and you have everything lined that's a, up. That's a Daryl K. Royal quote, right? To get lucky. What is it? Luck is when hard work meets preparation. Yes. If I didn't, if I didn't have all that stuff together, that elk would have been the what well, I thought it would have been. If I would have had like a lightweight arrow, and a lot of people think, "Hey, I shoot lightweight arrow, my pins will be tighter, and I shoot farther." But it's not true. You don't shoot more accurate. It's not about speed. It's about accuracy, right? Mm-hmm. And so many people are worried about speed when accuracy and penetration conquer all. 
No, they're just trying too hard to be fast and furious. That's the problem. <laughs> Don't they need to be. You know what I mean? They need to hey. settle down and be strong and accurate. Listen, I live. I live a quarter mile at a time. Okay? <laughs> yeah, that shot was from about a quarter mile. It sounds like. I and I re- I actually felt when I shot and I hit him in the butt. I felt really stupid. Like I should never have taken that shot. You know. But I prepared for it. I really did. I prepared for that long shot. And if it wasn't Utah on that special hunt that we were all on, I would have taken that shot all day. Mm-hmm. All day. I shot my, my mule there at 60 yards, and it sounded like a fighter jet going at him because my broadhead was deployed. And that was because I wasn't prepared. I didn't have that little rubber band around the mm-hmm. Rage broadhead. You have that rubber band on your It's not a problem. And I knew I needed that stupid thing. I didn't put it on. I blame myself. It's not the it's not the broadhead's fault. It's easy to blame your equipment. It was my fault. And I look I think about that deer all the time. Atish, what are the five P's? Oh, uh prior planning prevents poor performance. There you oh, go. Dude, that was I, I did what sucked was I did every, it, my Achilles heel in hunting is stalking. Because if you look at me, I'm a freaking bull in a china shop. <laughs> For me to be quiet in the woods is just, like just charging towards the animal. It's just Sir, tough. I just have flashbacks of the pack. Of the what? The pack in Utah. Oh, dude, I was like, I first off, I fell down three times at the pack. Well, that, that pretty. That's a pretty gnarly course. Yeah, though. Utah's tack was. I fell three times too. Yeah, I missed you guys there. I was there with my trailer. We went. The last day, I think, of TAC. Dude, we're you guys there. were there? Yeah, in Snow we're Basin, we're, right? I was we the, didn't meet. We huh? were there the last wow. day. Yeah. We, we were, were there. We, were you days. with Dudley? Yeah, but Dudley? W- I think we only shot half the course because well, we had to get out of Well, you weren't there the last day. Dudley was not there the last day. He packed up and left. I drove back. I drove <clears> no, back it was then. before that then. Okay, yeah. He left before I left. I packed up his tent. I think we shot the first couple couple targets, and then we had to get out of there. So, um... That's important to go to the tag and shoot because I tell you what, that will train you for oh, yeah. for a real hunt. These the easy shots that you don't lose arrows on. Might as well go play a, a board game. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like no, it's yeah that that uh, watching these guys shoot that those different targets on the tag. Ooh, I. I I was lucky. Uh, I downhill, like a hundred yards, hundred yards away. <laughs> yeah, with wind. So I'm, I have a friend. Um, his name is Dave Pinnaker. He lives in Iowa Falls. He's never shot a bow in his life, and he walked down like four shots with us in his like slip on. <laughs> like, oh was, no! He, he wore Crocs. He he no. He was wearing just like some brief <laughs> sandals. Oh boy! And he walks down and he wants yeah. to shoot at a target with my bow, and he homie can't pull it back. Like, so no, he held it. Help pull it. I pulled his arm back. Shut up. Him. I helped pull why, his arm back. Why even try? Oh, th- it was great. I wish we had the, we had a video of this. Because then he's like, where's the target? And oh, stupid me is letting him shoot my $30 arrow. Yeah. And the only thing that was like, the only thing that arrow had in common with the target was it was the same hillside. <laughs> <laughs> He managed to blow the arrow up in the rock pile, the only rock pile on that hillside that was like 40 yards to the left. And I was like, oh, well, Cody's gone. Um, 40 yards to the left, and 
you nail the rock pile up, yeah. arrow blew crap up. I think if you go to tech, you have to expect to lose a few arrows on no, some of those courses. Not it, if you're Dudley, if it's your but everyone, yeah, everyone else maybe. Hey, Dudley loses arrows. You just don't shoot. No, I can't arrow. say that. Which, yeah. Dudley, actually, you know what? I shot the whole thing in Colorado. I didn't see him lose any arrows. Yeah, he did. Legitimately saw him shoot the whole thing. And that, that was a harder shoot than Utah was. Really? That's ridiculous. He set the whole thing up. Oh, yeah. He puts in work to set up those courses. And Utah, he, he, he set it up, but he didn't. Colorado, he set it up harder. And people were, like, upset. <laughs> <laughs> they were like dude i lost I, I made it down so brad my buddy he made it only through like eight targets before he's out of arrows <laughs> <laughs> yeah the first shot at the tack on dud's place was at like a 30 degree angle and mm-hmm. if you had a regular range fire would have said 75 yards by but, arrow and it was 51 imagine this i hit that freaking pig in the butt go that was weird all right is Cody back on? I don't think he is. Hold on, Cody. Cody? You hear me? You're there? Yo. Okay. I'm here. here. All right. Yo, what up? I really appreciate Oh, we have our product review of the week, and um, Atish doesn't oh, yeah, know this, but here. he's doing it. Oh, I can I can bullshit anyone about some product. Oh, what are you talking about? That's what I like to hear. The The product review of the week. Yes. I like when the music comes on. It makes me feel really, really important. Atish is giving it to us this week. And what it is about is the hotel we're staying at tonight. Which hotel is it? You said some Hilton. (laughs) (laughs) It's in my own own, own hotel that I'm probably going to give it some positive reviews. (laughs) No, I want you to tell me about it. Why people should go to it. Tell me. Uh, I mean, if it's the hotel I'm thinking of. Okay. uh, Switch it. Let's do something for both of you. Both of you are going to tell me why CrossFit Village ah. over others. Village CrossFit. There you go. Village CrossFit. I've been saying it the wrong the whole time. Village CrossFit. And I've been like, CrossFit it's Village. All, it's all good. It's all Village good. CrossFit. What it, it's, and by the way, I love the hat that you got. You gave me. I oh, really thank appreciate you. it. I want another one. Thank you. I got I got Because I ruin hats. Yeah. My head's like the size of a small, a large watermelon. But. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if it's uh, about choosing us over anyone else. Uh, you know, for But why us. you? Why you? I mean, I think it's just about a place where people can train really, really, really hard and not feel the stigma of, like, having to look like they train really, really, really hard. Does that make sense? I don't mean that in a way to be derogatory. You don't have to take your shirt off there? You don't have to take your shirt off there. You don't have to be, you know, you can. Some of the best athletes I've seen are, quote, unquote, you know, fairly normal looking guys my or girls. And my point is more of a, we have people, you know, the, the CrossFit in my opinion has gone through a lot in 10 years in terms of what people perceive its image to be. And what I've always thought is that it's a, uh, amazing, pe- amazing way for anyone of any physical ability, age, uh, uh male, female, you know, it doesn't matter, uh, injury history, et cetera, to train because, of a you know the ability to scale any exercise, but at the same time, the guy who can lift the most weight, the guy who can do the most you know pull ups, the guy who can run the furthest, the fastest, and the person who can't do any of those things are both going to be on the floor at the end of the workout, 
sweating profusely and in a fair amount of pain because pain. because they train to their scale. You know, they yeah. train to their ability. And Everyone that's, trains to what they can do. And I think we, we embody that more than others. You it's adapt not, to people and their needs. We try to. I mean, we, 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 you know, we're not perfect, but we always try to, and that is our goal. I think that's important because there's a lot of CrossFit gyms that are like, you can't do this exercise. You can't be here. You know, I don't, I don't know of many like that, but I'll say this. I'll say that there's CrossFit affiliation allows your your box, your CrossFit gym to take on a personality of its owners. And for us, it's an extension of us because I feel like we have a lot of input from our trainers. We have a lot of input from our clients because we treat it like such a passion. It's, it's, it's a family to us. And so we take, it's not, it, we, we kind of take an all of the above approach. We listen to them and, you know, we kind of see what works. And at the end of the day, it's just about when we, when we can really say we love this, we love doing it. I take so much pride in watching a person who maybe at first even I wasn't positive that they may make it to a certain level and they didn't that that level doesn't have to be elite athlete what I mean is that level is like they're healthier they're happier they're moving better I can see it in their eyes that they just feel better yeah. that is what I th- I think you know that's what I love about it that's awesome man um Tony tell me why so I, I think it's all about balance, right? So Village CrossFit to me is about finding balance between, you know, everything that you have going on in your life and then this place that you can go where when you're there, you're with your community and you're working out and, you know, nothing else really matters for that hour, for that two hours that Put you're there. Put your phone right? away. Exactly. Yeah. And don't take text messages, don't take calls. It's just interact with those around you mm-hmm. and and you're there you're there for yourself you know and you you can interact with folks if you want but we're a pretty night uh, tight knit community in my opinion it sounds like it and you know we're not there to make you the biggest baddest strongest you know and you're mother. not there to be make yourself rich exactly right and so yeah, that doesn't hurt we don't care about the notoriety of oh this athlete went to the games or this athlete's a badass you know we're there to make you healthy and you know so our goal is, you know, you become healthier yourself, and we're not going to push you to the point of injury. And, you know, we just want to see you yeah. there day in and day out. Man, I couldn't appreciate both of your comments right there. It means a lot because I, um, I went to a gym, and it got really toxic because it became a race. And yeah, it was um, a, like – everyone started losing their form mm-hmm. and um, then you had cheaters, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we have, well, luckily I don't feel like we've had to deal with that a ton, but we've had to, we've seen it before, but at the end of the day, that kind of comes back to the, what you were, what we were talking about, how a be- part of the beauty of CrossFit or any group training program is the competitive nature of it because it's not com- competition doesn't always have to be an ugly thing. Competition doesn't always have to well, it's be about pushing yourself. Yeah, right? exactly. Because at the end of the day, you're benefiting the most from it. If you can have that racehorse mentality of seeing the person next to you working and struggling, and then you feeling like you should be at least on a similar level of working and struggling, if not more, you're going to get more out of it. But you know, at the same time, if you start to, if you start to cheat, or you, we feel like the competitive nature of our gym is healthy enough to where it's like you know, an honest competitive environment. If you start to cheat. 
We try to make it clear. It doesn't mean it always doesn't work or cheat. Cheat. It's like, what are you really cheating? You're here to work out. You're cheating you're, yourself. You're, yeah, right? you're yeah. cheating. You're cheating your score. Oh, cool. You got a cool score on the board. No one cares because if you do cheat, I'll tell you right now, everyone in your gym knows about it within a week. Yeah, they just might not say it to they you. They may first. not say it to you. Do you put an asterisk by the name? <laughs> I mean, if it's bad enough, like you, you, as a, you may have an awkward conversation here and there. Cause, but but it, it's like pretty easy to tell, honestly. And I most would watch people 99, completely skip exercises. Ninety nine percent of people don't do it. You're paying good money to get there. You might as well be honest about it and get your ass kicked, honestly, because it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. no one cares. No one gives no a shit cares. about your score at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, Cody, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, I like it. You like? I uh, I mean, CrossFit for me, I did it for quite a few years, and it was. Uh, it was great. Like I love when I retired, I love the competitiveness of it. I love the, um, that, that side of the workout because I didn't have that anymore, you know, without playing a game. So for me, it was awesome. Uh, the community was great. Um, CrossFit as a whole, I've seen, I've followed it pretty closely for quite a few years. And I love what it's done for, like you said, everybody, uh, on every scale, like, you know, it's, it's given everybody the opportunity to go in and, and, and compete and train and, you know, I've seen people get in some really, really good shape um, just by doing it. The diet part and, you know, the whole Oh, yeah. That's thing. the biggest so part, probably. Uh, yeah, but without a doubt it is. But it's, it's the hardest part as well. I mean, you can yep. really hard to out-train out a bad diet. So, um, it's, uh, But, you know, I've seen what it's done for the average guy or the, the professional, you know, and it, it's, um, I, I'm, I'm really a big fan of, of all that stuff. I know there's been some uh, a little bit of, of stuff oh, with yeah. Glassman and all that stuff that went on, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but as a whole, like the, the community itself, uh, I think kind of regulated that, didn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. There's all the, at the end of the day, I focus more on the training itself, you know. Right. But but, but, but yeah. no, no, no. But you're right. I mean, like that doesn't excuse any uh, weird behavior from the founder. But he, <laughs> it's kind of like I was. I found that whole thing interesting because it reminded me a lot of a lot of you hear a lot of stories about visionaries and I do believe Glassman when it comes to physical training and stuff like that is a true visionary. He should probably actually do the exercises. Yeah. He was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe true, but he, he but he uh, is also very, very flawed and, you know, if you follow enough about, and I'm not saying Glassman is Steve Jobs, let me be clear about that, but that type of mentality, there's a lot of flaws right. to that. There's a lot of character flaws there, um, but what my takeaway was from it is like CrossFit is not about Greg Glassman. CrossFit's about no, not at all. You know what I mean? And the that community and that, took it over. No one even knows who that. I didn't know who that guy was exactly yeah. right until like, oh, that's it came I was out. trying to. I wasn't trying to. No, no, no. I, I was yeah. trying to make that point. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Like yeah. I, I thought that. Um, I, I think the community itself does a great job, regardless of, of whatever yeah. whatever else is going it's, on on the it, outside, the training and the you know the education and, and everything. You've seen a lot of. You know, the Olympic lifts that have gone into it and the, the teaching yeah. that goes into all that stuff. And yeah. I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it brought back, like, almost a lost art of Olympic lifting. Somewhere. 100%. Like, to the I, common person, you know? Yeah, I Olympic lifted all through high school. I'm sure Cody did. And um, mm -hmm. I didn't. Um, I would say the average person <laughs> had no clue. Yeah. It, and it brought right. back so many memories, like, of my athlete days it's such know. an amazing thing honestly regardless of crossfit it's just such an amazing physical exercise for you to do and but it is so complicated and it can be obviously dangerous if you don't have the right you know coaching well, and structure to it so, i think when you break down form you need to stop doing what you're doing 100 percent. like stop just stop 
lower the weight. And yep. people, like, get their ego involved. And yep. they're like, oh, my God. No, stop. <laughs> yeah. You're going to you, – you don't understand the harm you're going to cause yourself. And, 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 and you'd be amazed at how often people are cool about it and how often – it's, like, weird how – most people don't let their ego get in the way, but then you just have that every so often where it's like a, it's not the person you'd expect that has the ego about it. And they're like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, dude, you don't have to impress me and you don't need to impress yourself. Just trust me. You can't do this. Yeah. And it's, I'm telling you that because you will be able to do this, but be patient. And the patience is a, is a, is a really hard thing to you so, can't coach it. It's just, it's just like they have to kind of learn on their own. There's so many um, different things that you guys talked about that are so important but i think your gym is very inviting a very good place and i would suggest if you're in the houston area to check it out yeah well we're actually going to take you brock right now after this podcast so, <laughs> so let's go do it, it. Let's, let's do it i'm in tony's gonna take you we may take you in the morning i'll do the morning <laughs> I may sign up for. I don't know about. Right. So, um, a couple of decanters in. I do want to brag about Cody. He did. Do it. He made it to regionals one year. Damn, Cody! Woo! He didn't go to regionals because he's actually playing yeah. professional baseball. Cody, you you're over here like trying to act all sly about. Oh, I tried a little crossfit. <laughs> he also boxed <laughs> in his Cody's day. Cody's the opposite of that. Back, he caught he box jumped sixty four <laughs> inches. Holy, Holy shit! Crap. I think How many? sixty-four, right? I'm like that. Yeah. I think I hit. I think I hit like my upper fifties, and I was if you pretty look, amazing for a chicken leg Indian kid. So what is that? Oh, five, five foot four. <laughs> so you could you could technically jump on a tiche. Yeah. Hey, easily um, clear it. Hey, uh, tiche. I think you. Wait, probably... I'm not five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught that. Tony's just ta- Tony's just started this because he knows I'm taller than him. And I'm, four, <laughs> I'm four glasses of wine into this podcast, and the, uh, the more wine he gets, the better this with podcast the, gets. With this fantastic hey, Zalto uh, glass, which is <laughs> hey, next time we bring Atish on the podcast, we won't even start till he's four glasses. There you go. Oh, uh, you guys. Yeah, don't... we'll start him drinking five yeah. and get get started at night. <laughs> and then we'll start, and then we're gonna start with. I Dominic Toretto. John, dude, you live, You got to live your life a quarter mile at a time. That's what CrossFit taught me. Well, I'm living it nine seconds at a time. Yeah, okay. you got to. Dude, are we going to – we gonna? We just got to go car racing sometime, I think. If you want. I, I'm what do you know about fast cars anyway? I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Just, you know, 880, horse, 880 horsepower, that's all. In a straight line, I guess. <laughs> Not like that sweet Toyota Supra from Fast and Furious. Well, you know that was an RX-7, actually. No, RX-7. they had the Supra too. Remember the rotary engine? They had both. Yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you, Tony. I really do. Thank you for your story. That story was amazing. Atish, I love you, bro. Your story was amazing. You guys are part of my family now, and you will be for hopefully forever. I don't see it going any other way. So, and then your both your stories are amazing. You both are very successful human beings. Not only are you successful in your business, but you're successful as good human beings. And that's a tough thing to do is to both have both of those. And your moral compass is right. You're good family people. You're just good all around people. You're hunters, which you know me and Cody are all in <laughs> on that. Yep. I hope we have many hunts together. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I can't wait. We don't stop. We won't stop. Cody, right. we're going to bust out a, 
like a workout and then go <laughs> with the regionals level. Cody's going to be so disappointed when he works out with us. <laughs> He's like, These uh, motherfuckers own a gym? Well, oh, no. Yeah, can you, you sell, it? Can you sell it to <laughs> Can you sell it to me? Because hey, I went retired. to regionals. Nope. He's retired. He. I don't want to buy it. I don't want to buy it. You said that it just breaks even. <laughs> that's a good point. He's like, can you give it to me? <laughs> Ooh, that's what she said. But if we had Cody, Miss Regionals would be all right. That's true. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Yeah, right. No one caught oh, that's it. That's awesome. No man. one caught, caught it. it. No, Tony got it. I Thanks. got it. Thanks, Tony. Uh, wait, what did I miss? What did I do? No one. No one. You, you have to listen to the podcast to find out. <laughs> It's in there. It's a little hidden gem for you. I, I don't know what I did. No, you didn't do nothing. It's not what you oh, did. Okay. It's what I said. That well, very I think f- I know. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I heard, I heard you. Honey, <laughs> my beautiful wife, you're welcome for you're, that. You're welcome. <laughs> so You're welcome. All right. We're going we're gonna to end this. We had, I mean, look, it's two hours, 2.20. Tony? Yep. Tony and Atish were like, we're only going to do 30 minutes. I'm like, you just watch. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have impressive. no idea. I mean, I guess an hour 30 was Atish talking, but. Uh, hour 45. I apologize. <laughs> I loved it, man. I loved every minute of this pod. I It was so much fun. It just blew right by. I can't wait to do it again. You guys are going to be on it again. I hope you know. We better- yeah, you're going to because I got I to gotta be there in person. We got, so. Tony, we better do something. We better <laughs> buy more wine. Because I just, I just, you guys are going to do it more. on a hunt. You guys are both coming to Arizona in March, correct? Yes, sir. I want commitments. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm committed. I need you guys to, you know, talk to our homie. Mm-hmm. You guys line out the weekend. I fix everything else. You just show up. Oh, we get to pick the weekend. You pick the weekend. You tell me. You tell me. It could be during the week. I don't care. You just tell me when you can get there. I make the rest happen. All, All right. right. And we'll get Cody there. We'll podcast live. With Cody, so we're not on the phone. You know, we don't have to hear you know someone crashing a home run. <laughs> but there were, there were a lot of them that game. Sorry. No, I mean you could hear it. <laughs> so there were a, lot of, a lot of people out there. I had I was trying. I was trying. I went all the way out to the outfield so nobody could hear me. Hey, did did the team? Did your team win? That's the question. Yeah, this game wasn't very fun. It was uh, we won nineteen to nothing. Hey, oh, yeah, nice. Sounds, be fun for you. The, the ten. No, run. those games aren't fun, man. The kids don't get better. Ten you run, run like, rolling, whatever. Like third inning, they're like, hey, call it, call it. Yeah, fifteen run rule after three. Yeah, fifteen, very, very fifteen run rule. Jeez, Jeez, you guys were smoking. Both, both games, both games today were fifteen run rules. They weren't. They weren't very exciting games. Wow. Time to not do that turn. Anyway. All right, well, we're gonna peace out. Be it's getting late. Hey, thanks for coming on, fellas. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for right, having thanks us, man. Thanks, Cody. I appreciate it, Tony. Right, I mean, Cody, it, Cody, you've been on the phone all day. Thank you for listening to me because I I know I talk a lot, so I appreciate you. I appreciate oh, you both. I appreciate Ryer. I appreciate everyone in this room. Love y'all. We'll see you next time and keep it classic. Cheers, Sandy. I go. We'll holla at you later.